Good morning, y'all. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Boker tov. Good morning. I hope you're Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. This morning. Doing great. Shabbat shalom. Yes. Shabbat shalom. Good to see you. Hi, Eileen. Good to see you. Hey, hey, there you guys are. I see you there. Uh, it's so good to meet everybody here this morning. It's um, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's been an interesting week this morning. And this morning, we're gonna, of course, we're gonna, as usual, we're going to start off with prayer. And I think it's a very good thing to do because we do need to pray for each and every one of us. Uh, and the things that surround us and the condition of our world, right? So let us begin with prayer, shall we? <laughs> King of Kings, the Holy One of Israel, Yahweh. Father, we come to you in prayer this morning. We lift up our prayers to you. We bring in our petitions before your throne as a sweet incense. As we call upon your name and call upon you, you and your and your will as to what you will do on this earth. We know that you are a gracious, kind, compassionate, loving Elohim. One who looks down at his people and knows we are your children, not your servants, not your slaves. But you call us family and friends. And we call you Ishi, not Baali. And so because of this, yeah, we come to you now. We bring our petitions gently before you. First, giving thanksgiving and praise for the things that you have done in our life, that you have blessed us with the things you have blessed us with in accordance with your goodwill, that you have surrounded us with friends now at a time such as this, that you have called us according to your purpose, and that you have given us eyes to see and ears to hear the things you have for your people in these troublesome times. We know that your graciousness will eventually overcome this world and that you will restore a new world and a new Jerusalem, a place of comfort and beauty and prosperity, a place where your people will uh, sit under the plans you have for them to build houses and settle down, to raise children, to give the children in marriage, and to pray for the places where they belong. Father, we thank you for placing us where you have at the time such as this. Be with us today in spirit and in truth lead our words in conversation, convict us with hearts of flesh and gentleness as we talk with one another, and let us be kind to one another today and kind to our enemies as we go forward in this place. Thank you, Father, for being with us. In the name of Yahusha, HaMashiach. Amen. So good morning, you all. I, as I say, it's just good to see everybody. Hi, Debbie, I see you. It's so good to see you all. And we know that, hi, Bettina, good to see you too. And so it is, um, you know, when I look at today's Shabbat, I, I began thinking about this, you know, I wait for the Holy Spirit to kind of convict me as to what's going to happen for the Ruach to come upon me and say, well, look, these are the things that need to be discussed. And so this morning, I want to talk about affliction, affliction, and what this affliction is and what we see in our lives. Because Yahusha said, you know, take up your cross and follow me. And this idea of taking up your cross and following Mashiach is a, a very interesting question. How does that manifest in our life? 
And what should we see as believers? What do we know as believers? Well, a lot of it has to do with how much you trust Yahweh. You know, well, this is one of the most difficult things to do in this life is to trust at times when you had nothing. You say, well, I can't, I can't trust. I have to go do this. I can't trust. I have to retain my job. I can't trust. Uh, I've got to hold on to my savings account. I can't trust. I have to do things to benefit my retirement, to make sure that I can ensure my retirement. You know, I have met people, uh, mostly missionaries, who have cast their lives into lives of trust, nothing but trust. They just jumped off the, off the diving board and said, I'm going to trust in whatever it is that Yah brings to me, and I'm going to trust that his will is good and that he is going to provide. And well, they have been provided for remarkably. I mean, the kinds of things that have come into their life. You know, I met a couple just recently. They had nothing, and, and they'd spent their life as missionaries with nothing. And uh, they were, uh, and the woman was ministering to this older older woman who was very hard-hearted. I don't want to hear your stuff, but she kept listening to her, even though she was rebuking her. But yet she can continue to approach her with the gospel. And then there came a day where this older woman came down with a disease unto death. And when she did, she called the woman to her side and she said, I want to thank you for praying for me. And I want to thank you for bringing me the gospel. And so here's what I'm doing. I'm leaving you all this acreage here in Southern California. I want you to sell it and buy my big house, uh, you know, one of the suburbs of LA. Promise me that you'll do that. Well, they did. And so essentially they inherited 100% of this woman's estate. And from that estate, they were able to uh, move back home and to buy a house and to live there successfully, to pay cash for their house. Why? Because Yahweh provided everything they needed because they trusted in him entirely. Now, oftentimes we think, well, Yah has this idea about what we need, but then we have our idea about what we want, right? What we want, what we want is this. We, you know, we want this kind of house. We want this kind of car. We want this kind of bank account. And Yah doesn't say that to us at all. He says, I have appointed riches for some people. And for other people, I haven't. I've appointed, you know, appointed substantial wealth to this person, but not to that person. And this is a very difficult thing for us. But, you know, I related to when I was studying voice, you know, I went to my voice teacher and I said, look, I want to sing this particular kind of music. I want to be able to sing. I want to be able to have this high C. And he said, OK, well, let's train and see what we can do. You know, so we trained and we trained and we trained and we trained. And I could never get there. I got up to a B flat on occasion. I could get a B, but I couldn't get the high C. And he, he looked at me one day and he said, you know, look, I can teach you how to vocalize. I can teach you how to use your voice to the best thing you can. I can teach you how all these techniques and all this other stuff to really expand what it, whatever it is you're doing. But your range and in terms of the notes you can hit, that's between you and God. You know, this is what he said, right? And I said, well, you know, this is so true. And this is the same thing in our lives. You know, we are given these registers of our voice the registers of our life that some are appointed to wealth and some aren't. And it is not up for us to sit here and resent the wealth of the wealthy because Yah has appointed wealth to them in his own good measure. And it is not up to us, you know, to cure every poor person either, because as, as Yahshua says, you will always have the poor with you. You will always have the poor with you. 
So but, but it is incumbent upon us to accept where it is that we are and accept Yah's gifts into that and to be thankful for what it is that he has given us. Because we oftentimes we miss the things that he has given us because we're, we don't have a thankful heart. And so we do not see the things that he has given us. And we, because we're not willing to give thanks, we don't give thanks for the people around us. We don't give thanks for our friends. We don't give thanks for our family. We don't give thanks for that phone call that was made because somebody was thinking about you. You know, we don't give thanks for that stranger who happened to have a kind heart, whether it was on the street or whether it was in the store. You know, there are little things that happen in our life that, that require us to give thanks, uh, you know, to give thanks for that, uh, that uh, you know, that particular uh, uh, eagle that you saw fly in front of your car or uh, to give thanks for a beautiful sunset or whatever it is that God places in front of us. But on the other side of that, we have affliction. Now, affliction is a very interesting animal because when Yah says, pick up your cross and, and follow me. What is this cross we're talking about? Well, you know, we've gotten into long arguments with the JWs mostly about the word storos, right? That in the Greek New Testament, it's storos, which doesn't mean cross, it means stake. Well, you know, there's three other Greek words that mean stake. And storos was actually kind of a term of art. And we had, we had long discussions. By, by the way, I got to tell you that the, um, the net, the internet, which you used to be able to readily search this stuff and find out information on uh, the pendiculum storos, the pendiculum storos. This was a term of art that described a particular kind of execution machine that was used by the Romans, the pendiculum storos. And they had been using it for about 150 years before we get to the crucifixion of Mashiach. And basically the way the pendiculum storos worked is that they had a stake and the stake would be in, in the ground. So, you, you know, anybody who's ever built a fence, you know that you have to, you got to bury a good portion of that stake in the ground to keep it from falling over. So they would have the stake and they'd have it buried in the ground and then they would take the prisoner and he would carry the pendiculum. So the storos was in the ground. The Greeks didn't care. If they had a stake in the ground, they'd just take you up there and nail you to it. Whatever body part happened to fit, they just put a nail through it, call it a day. But the Romans wanted something more horrific. They wanted something that demonstrated Roman power in the death penalty to act as a deterrent. And so they would have the person carry out the pendiculum portion, which is not the whole cross. It's just one particular board. And they would carry it and they would carry it over their shoulders. And then they would carry it up to the, to the steros. And then they would lift the pendiculum up on top of the steros. And so the, the body of the person would be lifted up and then they would nail the body parts to the steros that wasn't nailed to the pendiculum. So this is why we retained the word cross in the sefer because we wanted to retain the idea of this pendiculum steros. And there's other reasons too, because the pendiculum steros also gives evidence of the mark of the tav, the Paleo-Hebrew tav, which is mark that creates a, a mark of salvation. And uh, this is what is set forth in Isaiah 9 when, uh, when Ezekiel is talking and he gives, and the instruction is given to the angels with the slaughter weapons to go into Jerusalem and start at the temple first and slaughter everybody. But before you do, I'm going to send in this angel with the inkhorn 
And this angel with the ink horn is going to place this tav, place a mark or place a tav. And the word there is tav. Place a tav on the forehead of all those who will not be slaughtered by this, by these angels with slaughter weapons. And so these angels went in and they did, and they, they marked with a tav the forehead, or this angel marked with the tav the forehead of those who would not be slaughtered. And the testimony goes on to say it was very few people, very few. We know that the slaughter that took place under Nebuchadnezzar was fairly intense. Nothing compared to the slaughter that took place in 70 AD when a million and a half residents of Jerusalem were slaughtered under the Roman sword and the temple was burned and destroyed and every stone was removed. Every stone was removed. So, but when we talk about this, this uh, cross, picking up your cross and carrying it, what does this mean? Well, we're given affliction. We're given affliction. And when we're given affliction, the affliction we're given is, it depends on who you are. You know, many people, most people don't know this, but you know, when you're, when you're a young person, you know, you go through that stage in life when you're a teenager, when you become convinced that you know everything, right? And primarily you, you take on this view because once you understand a little bit about sex, you have, you've, you've reached the concept that now you know everything, you know all the mysteries of the world. Therefore, you're knowledgeable about everything and you're going to know everything until you're 18 or 19. <laughs> you know, some people, it's 31, 32, 35, you know, but some people get past it at 19. But, you know, when you have this, this idea, and, and there's also a concept of I'm immortal. So I can do things like bungee jumping and I can do, you know, you know skydiving and I can do, you know, cliff climbing and I can do all this other crazy stuff. And, I mean, you know, and up here where I am, there's people who do crazy stuff, really crazy stuff. But, you know, under those circumstances, you have this impression that you're immortal, you're immortal, you're immortal. And during that impression, that time when you feel like you're immortal, there is an apostasy that comes in. Why should I believe in a creator? Why should I believe in someone who says this is the path of life? Why should I believe in a path of righteousness, right? A path of correctness. And so you have this, you know, this inborn apostasy where you're questioning, you're questioning everything. And the problem is, is that, of course, when you're that age, you're seeing the world in a two-dimensional view. It's hard to see the third dimension. And later, when you get older in life, you might even see the fourth dimension. But initially, you're looking at, at two dimensions. And so it's hard to realize the whole blessing of Yah. And so what happens is you begin to craft your own cross. Starts out with a very thin layer of wood, right? A little bit of sin. A little bit of sin here. We got a little, we got a little layer here. One thin layer of wood. I can, I can carry that cross. It's one thin layer. Then the years go by, and pretty soon you added a two-by-four to that, to that thickness. And some people, it's a four-by-four. Four. Some people, it's a six-by-six six beam, right? But the next thing you know, you've laminated every layer of your own cross. You've laminated every layer of it. And now, and now Yahshua says, Yahshua says, Pick that up and carry it. Pick that up and carry it because this is the nature of affliction. So we want to say to ourselves, well, uh, you know, and of course, us, for those of us who are older in this group, we know how thick and how heavy that cross is. We know how thick and heavy it is. And, you know, the errors of our youth are with us. Every layer of every error is with us. And we carry it. But 
it's not just that, but God gives us affliction, even in our older years. And he gives us the affliction that we might know the affliction of others. Now, this is a hard thing, a hard concept to know. But, you know, when that time comes that you're hungry, you say to yourself, why am I hungry? Because Yah wants you to know what other people who have gone hungry feel, what they experience. Why am I going through this? Because Yah wants you to know what that person who is trapped in sin is experiencing. And so you pick up these afflictions and you pick them up and you say, well, this shouldn't be happening to me. I'm a person of righteousness. But it is happening to you. It did happen to you. Why? Because you have friends and neighbors who are sinners and who have fallen short of the glory. And maybe in your heart, you want to condemn them. You want to say, oh, that person is a sinner, right? But Mashiach says, love your enemies. Well, this is a very difficult proposition because, of course, we have many enemies. And me, I've got a long list of them. Here's my enemies. Enemy, enemy. You know, put that guy up there, enemy. You know. And, but the truth is, is that we are called to love our enemies. And what does this mean when you love your enemies? Well, you, you know, sometimes you have to understand their affliction. And so sometimes when, you, when you're a person of righteousness, when you're a person of the calling, when you're a person of the name, that doesn't mean that you're immune from anything. Yah may put you through who knows what, because he wants you to understand the affliction of others. He wants you to see the others carrying their cross. And he wants you, he wants you to be like, uh, what was it, Alexander the Cyrene, who, uh, who came alongside Mashiach and they said, you help him carry that cross. Why me? I didn't do anything, right? But he was assigned to go and help him carry the cross because he needed to understand the affliction of Yahusha in carrying that cross. And this is what Yah calls us to. He calls us to these afflictions. He calls us to this knowledge that we might have care and concern for our neighbor. You know, and this is one of the things when you see when you when you see the Torah. You know, the Torah is very particular. You know, you shall not do this with the goyim. You know, those who are of the other nations, don't affiliate with them, don't marry with them, don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other thing. And then it says, you know, to love your neighbor. And then Mashiach says, well, let me ask you a question. Exactly who is your neighbor? And we see what's going to happen now in the New Testament is going to be a discussion of faith through intellectualism. It's faith through knowledge. It's faith through understanding. It's faith through wisdom. It's not emotional faith. It's not faith that is centered upon, gee, somebody told me what to believe and I believed it. No, 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 no. You have to have your own conviction and be capable of defending your position yourself intellectually. Because really the whole concept of Yahweh, the concept of Anki Yahweh Elohekim, I am Yah, your Elohim. That whole concept of you shall make no image. Why shall you make no image? Because I am to be understood in your heart, your mind, and your soul, not in your eyes. Blessed is he who believes without seeing. An extremely important part. Blessed is he who believes without seeing. Because he calls us to a belief that is a belief without seeing, which means what? What does Mashiach say? He says, it was for this reason I was born, and this reason I came to the earth. 
to testify to the truth. All those who are of the truth, what? See my face? No. All those who are of the truth hear my voice. And there's a a specific reason for this, because even though it is Yahweh himself who gives us the Aleph Bet, or what's called the Aleph Tav, the whole alphabet in the in the Hebrew, the Hebrew. The reason it's it, the reason, even though he gave us an alphabet, even though he gave us a written language, even though he gave us a means to communicate from generation to generation through notation, we are not called to make images of anything that exists in heaven, in, in uh, on earth, or in the seas. To make no image to bow down to that image. Why? Because we need to understand Yahweh intellectually in the heart, in the mind, and in the soul. There's so for instance, let me give you an example. We used to do this in our fellowship. We take a little practice exam. You know, get out a sheet of paper and a pen and draw for me, if you will, the essence of life. What shape is that? What color is that? What texture is it? Equally true, draw for me, what does truth look like? What's its image? What shape is it? What texture? What color? The same thing with meaning. How about the meaning of a word? Can you draw for me what meaning is? You can't. So here we have life, truth, and meaning, which do not exist in the material world. You cannot translate it in the material world. It doesn't exist in the material world. Life, truth, and meaning. So what does this tell you? Yah is telling us that the heart, the soul, and the mind are to conceive of Yah and to conceive of Yahusha and to conceive of the kingdom of heaven itself in the heart, the mind, and the soul. You know, people want to say, oh, well, so-and-so went to heaven and had a a vision of heaven. Okay, and then, you know, some people have tried to paint it, and you know, this is what heaven looks like, and on and on and on and on and on. Forget the image of heaven. Forget the image of heaven. Instead, this is the discipline. The discipline is to understand in the heart, mind, and soul without the image. Because then we begin to understand the kingdom itself. The kingdom itself exists in the heart, mind, and soul. And the temple exists in the heart, mind, and soul. So, uh, you know, so we get this stuff, you know, when you think about it, a lot of you guys have been through the pop culture of theology, right? The Hal Lindsey, late great planet Earth, the um, Left Behind series, you know, with Nikolai of Carpathia and all that stuff, right? And it's a shame because you have people who are giving you images. They're giving you images to conceptualize you know, we were talking about it last night at the fellowship. We were saying, look, we think we understand the Red Sea parting. Why? Because we saw Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments, you know, put down his staff and the water went, and that's what it must have looked like, right? Well, what if I told you that the Red Sea crossing was actually a cross-dimensional path, that the matrix opened, and that, and that the house of Yasharel transferred through this matrix from one place to another and the Egyptians could not pass that way. Now, if we understand it that way, now take a look at what the second exodus would look like. Now we say, well, we're expecting the Atlantic Ocean 
to, you know, flatten out and create a path, you know, even at 9,000 feet deep, we're, we're going to, we're just going to walk through there. Now I want to ask you, given that you guys who believe who like the Charles Heston visage, would you walk down into a valley that was, let's say a mile wide with a 9,000 foot wall of water on your left and a 9,000 foot wall of water on your right? Would you do it? Right? <laughs> I don't know. If you if you if you hoosh with me, I would do it. If not, uh no, I'm right. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, nine thousand feet. Nine thousand feet of water, and you know, and you're walking along and you come up on the Titanic, you know, there it is. You're walking by it, right? I don't know, man. It's uh, you know, anyway, good to see you, Kobe. Uh, but so what you see is is that but if it's a cross-dimensional exodus, right? where suddenly we see this crossing of dimension in the matrix and we're here and it opens and we're there. That's a completely different Exodus altogether. And when we look at the description that we see in Exodus, you know, one thing about that, that description in Exodus that we have to recognize, and I think it's important now where we are in current times, they were up against the wall. You know, they went out there and you got almost 2 million people and they're looking and they go, okay, we got to the water's edge here. We got no boats. There's no bridge. And here comes the army. Their chariots and their horses and their swords. We're not even armed. What now? We're up against the wall. We have reached the end of the rainbow. We're going to lose. We're going to die. This is it. We've gotten to it. And then Yaz says, wait, let me open the door. And he opens the door and everything shifts. And one of the greatest miracles of all history occurs, right? Well, we see a very similar thing happening now. And I, and I want to tell you, I had, I was reading a very good discussion by, um, what's her name? Sherry Ten Boom. I think that's her first name. And she had written this letter and it's a very good letter, a survivor of, uh, you know, the death camps in Germany. And she wrote this letter and she was expressing it. And I think I need to share it with you guys today, not the letter, but I want to share with you the concepts because the churches were being told and the people that were in Germany and Austria and Hungary and et cetera, were being told that the rapture was imminent, not to worry about a thing. And they were being told this right on up to the point that millions of them were rounded up into the death camps and died. Now, for a lot of people, that became a faith-destroying event, a faith-destroying event. And you might ask yourself the question, how is it that Yahweh would allow this to happen? In fact, I had a kid on a plane when I was coming out of Jerusalem one day. He looks at me, and he was there for his bar mitzvah. And I said, well, bar mitzvah, great. You're a son of the Torah. So what do you think about the Torah? What do you think about Yah? Well, I don't believe in Yah. What? I thought you just did a bar mitzvah. Well, no, our family doesn't believe in Yah because of the Holocaust. Well, what do you mean? Well, if Yah was one of two things, either Yah was too weak to stop the Holocaust, in which case he's not worthy of my praise, or he wouldn't stop the Holocaust, in which case he's not worthy of my praise. And I looked at him and I said, well, what makes you think that he's dependent upon your praise? Right? I mean, it doesn't matter what you think, what you praise or don't praise, right? Anyway, that's when his dad moved him and said he can't talk to you anymore. And he put him in the other part of the plane. But 
when you see that kind of thing, when you look at the Holocaust, when you look at anything that happens, the kind of tragedy that happened in Russia, right? Nobody wants to talk about the Holocaust that happened in Russia. 66 million people killed by their own government. And who were those people that were killed by their own government? Orthodox believers. And why did they kill them? Because they would not relinquish their faith. You see, we want to talk about the 26 million dead under Adolf Hitler. Fine, talk about it. But you can't leave out the 66 million people killed in Russia. You can't leave out the 100 million people killed in China. You can't leave them out. They were slaughtered by their own government. And you ask yourself the question, why would Yah allow this to happen? Why would Yah do this? Well, you have to bear in mind, we look at life as a finite event. You're born, you die, that's everything. Why? Because we're in a womb and that's all we know. You know, when a baby's in the womb of the mom, some babies don't want to come out. It's like, I'm not going out there. We don't have any idea what's out there. I'm not going out there. I'm going to stay right here, right? Then the next thing you know, you got to induce labor or something else. You got to try to get the baby out of there. Some kids get really content, especially twins. They get really content, right? But other kids are like, I'm out of here. You know, get me out. I want to hit the street running. Let's get out. Let's get this show on the road. But when you see that kind of thing, when you're in the womb, you don't know what's outside the womb. You know, you're, you're fixed up. You're ready to go. You're in a complete comfort zone. You're being fed. You don't have to work. Everything's great. You don't know what's out there. And it's the same thing in this life. We don't know what's on the other side of death. We think we know, but we don't know. And it's a perfect mystery because Yah intended to be a perfect mystery because you have to choose without knowing. You have to choose in faith without knowing. But on the other side of this life is eternal life. And it's life. It's, it's a life that is in the image of Yah. It's a complete, it's completion of the image of Yah in us, in he who created us before the foundation of the earth was laid, right? We were created before the foundation of the earth. He knew our name before he knit us together in our mother's womb. And he knows our name afterward. So as a result, we sit here and think that this life is all there is. But Yah knows there is more. So for parents who, parents, a lot of parents have lost children when they were young and their children were beautiful and young and innocent and incredible. And, and their, their heart is wrenched and they ask themselves, how did this happen to me? Why, 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 why? And you don't recognize that Yah has perfected your child in heaven as an angelic and innocent voice in the heavens, a pure and innocent voice in the heavens. And it's the same thing with all the children that are aborted. Those children that have been, that have been aborted are perfectly 100% innocent and are in heaven singing. They are, they are before the throne with Yah singing. And so we look, at the, we look at the tragedy of life and they say, life is extremely tragic. How can we get through it? But Yah knows and he takes care of us. And for some of us who say, well, look, what about all the people that die? Let me just say this. There is not one of us that's going to survive the life, this life. Okay? We can sit here, we can sit here even in our older age and say, oh, we're immortal. We're not immortal. All of us are going to face, face a final minute, a final hour. It's all going to, it's going to happen to every one of us, for some of us sooner than others. But when you understand that, the question is, hey, not how I die, but how I live. And if you don't have something worth dying for, you don't have something worth living for. And that's really the truth of it. 
And when you're talking about, so when we talk about what's coming before us, you know, the Greek word for witness is martyr, martyr. And so we are called to witness, right? What did Mashiach do? For this reason, I came to the earth. And for this reason, I was born to testify to the truth, to give a testament, to give a testimony, to do what? To be a witness. And what truth did he testify to? He testified to this truth, that when they put him up on the cross, they put a sign above his head, right? And in Hebrew, that sign said, Yahusha Hanetzeri Vemelech HaYahudim, yod he vav yod he vav This was the truth that was being testified to in the life of Yahusha, that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What word? Yahuwah. That word, Yahuwah, was made flesh and dwelt among us. When Mashiach says, I am the Aleph and the Tav, which he says three times in the book of Revelation. He says, I am the Aleph and the Tav. What is he telling you? I am every written word in the Hebrew language. I am the language from beginning to end that the language is the language of creation. I am creation from beginning to end. There is, you know, the creation was by him, through him, and for him, not by him, through him, and for us, right? Oh, he created the earth for us. He created the earth, he created a spectacular earth that is completely different than every other place in the universe. We're the very center of it. The whole universe revolves around us. You know, it reminds me, you know, a lot of the people who believe that, right? You have, you have the, the, the geocentric crowd. They say, well, look, the whole universe around, uh, orbits around us. It reminds me of this lead singer I used to work with, right? How many lead singers does it take to change a light bulb? One, you know, she holds it up and the earth revolves around her, right? <laughs> we, all, we all know that. Was, we all know that's the truth about lead singers. Well, this is the thing we, this is the concept we have that, the earth was created for us. It wasn't created for us. The earth was created for Mashiach, by Mashiach, through Mashiach, and for Mashiach, that he could make himself manifest in a completion of the word from the very beginning of time. From the very beginning of time, the name Yahweh contemplated that the sun would be marked with the nail. The name Yahweh contemplates that right from the beginning. So this testimony that Mashiach gives, how does he testify? He testifies through the giving of his life in martyrdom as a witness. He's testifying as a witness. The Greek word for witness, martyr. He testified as a witness, as a martyr, and he testified what? He gave his life for the truth, to establish the truth, to establish, to testify to the truth. And the truth was set forth, not by him, but by Pontius Pilate, and when Pontius Pilate set it forth, he didn't know what he was doing. But when the, when the Sanhedrin saw it, when the Sadducees saw it, they came to him and said, well, we know what you wrote. You got to take that down. Get that out of there. Nope. I'm not taking it down. What I have written, I have written. What I have written, I have written. Now, for us, where does this put us? Well, this puts us in, in a place that's quite interesting. Because... You know, if you're out there and you're messing around 
you're, you're engaged in sin, and then you die from the sin, what have you testified to? You know, you've testified to error. You've testified to sin. You haven't testified to righteousness. But if you commit your life to righteousness and the speaking forth of righteousness, now when you die from it, you die giving your testimony. Now, I can tell you that for, for many years in my lifetime, before we got to this current era that we're in now, whatever. I mean, life, you know, you, know, you could sit down with people and talk about the weather. That would be common fair. Oh, what do you got to say? Well, I don't know. Nice and sunny day out here today. Blah, 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 blah. And there'd be lots of words that would come out of our face that had no meaning and no relevance to anything other than we were just passing wind between each other, right? But now we're not talking about that kind of a situation. Now we have a very palpable pressure in the world that has come upon all of us. And, you know, I've been talking with a lot of people who are employed, who, whose employers are coming to them and telling them, well, have you got vaccinated yet? Well, if you're not vaccinated, well, then you got to put on the mask. Now, you know, they should, they should make it a yellow star because it's the same discrimination. And, you know, so I have people, many, many people in my group who are suffering right now because they know the implications of the VAX, that the VAX is the mark and that the VAX, not only is the VAX the mark, but it is also uh, a bioweapon. It's a bioweapon. So when we see this thing happening, and so I could sit here and say, you know, and I don't want to be the, you know, and I feel like I'm putting people into a hard corner. I don't want to put anybody in a hard corner, but I have to testify to the truth too. So I can't back away from this issue. All right. I can't back away from the issue. And so here's, this is what the situation is. You have a bioweapon that's been launched and this thing is incredibly bad. I mean, the more we study it, the worse it gets. I saw pictures yesterday of uh, some scientific research that was done on post-vax blood cells. And, well, you know, they give you images of what a healthy red blood cell looks like. And then they show pictures of the post-vax blood cell. And the blood cell is almost completely, uh, it's almost destroyed. The cell membrane is completely thinned out and weakened and out of, pushed out of shape and out of round. The, 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 the cells are fuzzy and they're, and they're just extremely weak. And this is before we, we talk about any kind of cytokine storm or we talk about any of the other things that are happening. The, uh, there's been a recent report saying that, gee, the vaccines are giving some people mad cow disease. That's not surprising because we knew that there were prions in, this, in the vax that were going to enter into the brain. They enter into the brain because they have the, the polypropylene glycol as a, as a preservative inside the vax. And so it carries the prions into the brain, gives you mad cow disease. It also creates an autoimmune deficiency syndrome that is AIDS. And because it, what it does, it changes every cell in your body to require the cell to combat a synthetic spike protein and it makes it vulnerable to every other form of virus on earth. So th these become huge, huge problems. And so 
when we see when we see the um, when we see the implications of all of this, the implications are huge. Now you're seeing that the pressure is on. You will take this fax or you're going to lose your job. You will take this fax or you will remain in the mask. I mean, Joe Biden said it outright. Get vaccinated or keep your mask on. Well, that is the, the most crass form of discrimination we have seen since Adolf Hitler's Germany when they, when they began putting the yellow Jewish star on those marked as Jews. And when they marked the Jews with the yellow Jewish star, the initial claim was that they carried diseases that were highly contagious and would kill the population. Then of course the rhetoric kept spinning up and spinning up and spinning up until finally they had an excuse to execute them uh, you know, in the hundreds of thousands and, and, and ultimately in the millions. And so the question becomes, as one guy put it, well, if you ever ask yourself the question, would you have complied with the rise of Nazism in Germany in the 30s? Now you know the answer. Now you, now you know the answer because the same rise is happening here. So now we are called, whereas before we could sit down and talk about the weather, now we can't sit down and talk about the weather. Now we have to, now we have to testify. Now you're going to have to testify. You have to testify in a mask or out of a mask. Now you have to testify. I'm vaxxed. I'm not vaxxed. Now you have to testify. Now you have to give your testimony. And now your testimony is going to be dependent upon whether or not you buy or sell. Now your testimony is dependent upon whether or not you get to go to, into the public square. Whether you get to get on an airplane. Whether you get to attend a sporting event. Right now, your testimony is dependent upon that. So now you can't just say, "Gee, it's a sunny day out," because you're because you're either going to say it behind the mask or not behind the mask. That's how you're going to say it. And so people have a lot to weigh, and it's very very scary. I mean, there's been many many doctors who have come out and said, "Look, you know." When, when the people who are informed concerning the vax know that this is a death shot and they have to weigh, I'm going to keep my job or I'm going to, you know, take a chance on this, on this bioweapon. You know, it's easier to play Russian roulette, frankly. Catherine, did you have a question? Great. Yes, my question was, with observation, I mean, a lot of people in the UK have had um, the second shot, but some of them are losing absolute, they don't have any empathy towards others. And I don't know what it is. Some are okay. Some have still compassion, but some of them have just completely, their personalities have changed. I've seen personality changes too from the shot really dramatic personality changes. And, uh, you know, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, the so-called God gene, you know, that, that the belief in God is removed from the mind. And so they become very pragmatic about life. And, you know, they, they become convinced this is all there is. And so they don't have any tolerance for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And, 
but you're right. You do see personality changes. And I've also had people give me testimonies of people losing their ability to think, right? That there are people now who can't complete reading a paragraph or they can't finish speaking a sentence because of what's happening. And mm -hmm. so you see, so you, you are seeing this, you're seeing this protocol move in that direction. And uh, yeah. And so now, and of course, you know, the second jab protocol, now there, there's a story going around now that Israel is going to end its green dragon program, which means the mandatory vax and, and all of this that has been promoted in Israel is going to come to an end on June 1st. Well, why not? They've got 80 plus percent of the population vaccinated, right? And so that is as far as they're going to go. But we know that the, you know, anybody who knows the inside research on this stuff knows what kind of a, a machinery has been set forth in a person's body. And for those of us who are attempting to endure this through to the end, we have a difficulty because we have loved ones that have already taken it. And, and, and we want to sit back and say, in, in our heart of hearts, you know what's going on in our heart. We're praying that this isn't, this isn't a kill shot. We're praying that this is just another vaccine. We're praying that this is, you know, that, that our loved ones are going to weather through it. We're praying that our loved ones are going to find a detox mechanism. We're praying that there's going to be an antidote. We're praying this, we're praying that, we're praying the other thing. Because the one thing we can't accept in our hearts is that we're going to lose our loved ones and we're going to lose them very quickly. And, and so when we, that's a very difficult, I look, I have been on many conference calls weeping with people over this very issue, okay? It's, it is a very difficult and hard issue to deal with. Some of us have already lost loved ones to the vax. You know what yes. I'm talking about, Catherine, you know. Yeah. And so as a consequence, you know, here we sit. But I can tell you this, that, and we're going to be asking ourselves the questions. Why would Yah do this, Right. Why would Yah allow this to happen? But we've known when we studied prophecy for a long time that the wheat would be sifted from the tares. It was going to happen. We know that you're called to make an election in your life and to choose life. And Yah tells us over and over and over again, choose life, choose life, choose life. Choose faith, not fear. Choose faith, not fear. Choose life, not death. And choose to give your testimony, not loving your life unto death but rather those who seek to keep their life will lose it. Those who are okay at losing their life will keep it. It's very hard to do, but we are called to what? Netzach, Netzach, endurance, 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 endurance. This is why when we did the show Thursday night, you know, we came on that passage in Isaiah, you know, Yahweh, we have waited on you. Then, and Isaiah repeats it, Yahweh, we have waited on you. And this is where we are. We're waiting. Now, I'll just share this with you. And then, I'm, then I got to go to Kobe here. But I'll share this with you guys. Yah is going to move now. Okay. And the reason Yah is going to move is because of what has happened. Because they used the face mask to veil the whole earth. Yah is going to move. They veiled the whole earth. And this is what we pulled out of Isaiah 25. Because they have veiled the whole earth, Yah is now going to move on behalf of his people. And he's going to move in a very, very large way. Now, 
a couple of things to keep in mind, especially for you mothers out there. We need to keep in mind that when we are called as parents, right? We are called as parents to steward the child. The child does not belong to us. The child belongs to Yah. That soul was placed in our care. That's what happened. It's independent soul. Everybody's soul is different. It's not some recycled soul. It's an independent soul. That soul was placed in our care. And we have to handle that child as stewards. Just as you would if somebody dropped off a pet at your house and you're responsible for that pet to be fed and be kept alive and to be, and to be well you know, cared for. It's the same thing with the child. We steward the child and we steward the child the best we can. We give the child the best education we can. We try to teach the child in, in, in things of righteousness. We try to teach, you know, we, we, we try to teach the name of Yah. We do these things. This is what we do. But ultimately, the soul belongs to Yah. He created it, not us. We're the gateway. We were the facilitator. But ultimately, the soul belongs to Yah. And so we have to recognize that as stewards, we do the best we can. And this is what happened. And, and this is where we are. Okay. So just know that, but just know that Yah knows all of these things. He knows perfectly what's coming. And it's incumbent upon me to give you the Temboon testimony, which is what? Do not think that tribulation is not coming on the believer. Tribulation is coming on the believer. You're not going to be sitting in the mezzanine going, I'm up here looking down and, and with one little tear coming down my eye at all those rest of those people that got left behind. That's not what's going to happen. Tribulation is coming upon believers. And as tribulation comes here, we have to ask ourselves the question, will we testify to the truth or will we cave? Those who endure to the end shall be saved. That's the scripture. And we've been reading it our whole life. And we've been reading it our whole life and telling ourselves, I can endure. I'm one of those who I can be there. I can endure. I'm one that can endure. I've got it. I know I've got it. I don't. And then you get here and you don't know if you've got it. You don't know if you've got it. You think you've got it, but you don't know if you've got it. We need to pray. We need to pray because the Ruach will strengthen us. And the Ruach will strengthen us. And we have to recognize that in these hours of tribulation, our testimony, that one word you give, that one word you give in that minute and a half before you die on behalf of the name, that one word you give strengthens how many people you don't know? A thousand people? The 600 watching you? The 50,000 that hear of you? You don't know. You don't know how many you strengthen who are asking themselves, can I endure? The answer is we can endure. Why? Because it is better to be a martyr than it is to be a survivor. It is better to be a witness to the truth than it is to survive in a lie. You don't want to live the life of a coward hunkered down in a chair at 90 years old saying, I quit and I gave up. And I betrayed my kids. I betrayed my family. I, more importantly, I betrayed Yahweh. And because when you betray Yahweh, you betray Yahweh to an eternal death. That's what comes. Not something else. 
And I'm not trying to scare you into, into maintaining your faith. What I'm trying to say to you is we have trained our whole lives in our faith walk, in our journey, in our pursuit of opening up scripture and reading it, and, and in our prayer life. We've trained our whole life to what? To be worthy of this moment. And now this moment is here. Kobe, we got it. Very, very powerful. Um, I see what you're saying, though. Like, no, it's not scaring me. I, I, I see it in the sense of um, that uh, he overlooks our ignorance. And when we figure out the truth, we have to repent and we got to make a choice, choose life or death. And, you know, for me, my my um, my mom, you know, she got immersed, but she just got the vaccine. Just got it. And they're just all around me. I had to go downstairs. It was super loud. She just got the vaccine and um, they're letting fear take over. And I have Yahuwah in me and she does too. And the difference with me is I just choose to not be afraid to, to, and, and to just receive this vaccine, especially from the guy who funds it, which is Bill Gates. And he talked about depopulization and honestly, per, per, like personally, you know, you know, you never know, man, they could be putting stuff in this just in not me, but in people who have the vaccine. Next thing, you know, when they're really ready to push this depopulization thing, all they got to do is go and all, all those people who have that can just drop. You never know. Spot. Yeah, they never showed know. that in Wuhan, actually. They showed that when they when they rolled out the Huawei 5G mechanism in Wuhan, they were able to terminate people on the street. You know, just drop them, boom, down they went. And, you know, you're right about that. And I mean, the things that they're finding in the vax, I mean, we know, number one, like if people come up to you at work and they say, have you been vaccinated? You know, have you been vaccinated or do you need to wear the mask? You know, you need to respond to them and say, well, let me ask you, have you been vaccinated? Oh, yeah, I have. With what? Well, I had the Pfizer vax. Well, then you haven't been vaccinated because that's not a vaccine. So you haven't been vaccinated. So you're asking me if I've been vaccinated, but there is no vaccine to take. And you haven't been vaccinated either. Well, you know what I mean. No, I don't know. You know, this is the argument I get into all the time. I don't know what you mean. These, this is the language you're using. Words have meaning and your word doesn't have any meaning. So you know, anyway, Kobe, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, the thing is, I'd be willing to bet you money. And you might want to answer this, you might not, but I'm just going to ask you. Does your mom watch TV? Does she watch Fox? Does she watch CNN? And, you know, because I'll tell you, if she's watching that stuff, she's being programmed. That's what's happening. I didn't smile. I didn't smile because... I'm happy about it. I smiled because you already know, man, of course. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. all they want. They come yeah. back. They watch Fox, especially CNN, just loading their mind. The vaccine did such great things. The vac, And I'm just every time, every time. It's all yeah. they watch. Yeah. And when they watch that, guess what? That's the image of the beast that yeah. speaks. They will create the image of the beast and it will do wondrous things and speak. And that's what they do. So they they watch that. They you know they're watching the image of the beast speak to them with programming, and the programs are nonstop. 
you know, they some people don't care, uh, Dr. Pigeon. They don't care even because I've been showing my friend, he just got immersed in the name and he quit his job because um, they were trying to tell him to work on the Shabbat and also that, and they're asking about the vaccine. And I sent, and I want to say thank you for helping me that Yahuwah used you for that to show me the FDA article. It's saying that it's not a vaccine. It hasn't been approved. So he brought that to his boss and the boss was like, and he's like, what's in it? The boss was stuck. He had nothing to say and people some people don't care and that's the fear part because they're just listening to the government and that means we're telling you we could put whatever in it and still take it yeah and what's amazing to me you know is that the fda has allowed this to come forward you know any other vaccine that kills five people or more they would pull it off the market the the various site for the cdc is already reporting almost 4200 dead in the united states and that is, believe me, that's about 10% of the people who actually died from it, right? And uh, the, and the inju injuries are in the tens of thousands, possibly the hundreds of thousands. And the, the FDA should have pulled this thing a long time ago because it's way too risky. And they haven't. They're not doing it. They're just moving ahead and they're saying, oh, well, let's authorize it for 12-year-olds. North Carolina just passed a law saying 12-year-olds can consent without their parents to receive the vax. You know, I mean, that's terrifying. Jenny, what have you got, Jenny? Um, I have to get the thing unmuted. Have you heard of a uh, scientist named Pierre Gilbert? Have you seen that clip that came? Well, I just saw it yesterday. I don't know. I guess people just found it, but he's, he's foreign and I believe he's French and I don't speak French. So there's just a little clip of, I mean, his, his full speech is out there in, in his language, but there's just a little clip with English in it. This is from 1995. He's a scientist and he's talking about the very thing that we're, I just emailed it to you. He's talking about the very thing we're seeing in this vaccine now about it having mag magnetic capabilities, about it being able to control the thought processes, about it being able to be a kill switch. This was in 1995 all the way back there and i'll tell you i watched a video yesterday this this man was preaching it was really about the alien invasion and the great deception but what he brought out a good point he said we're all running around going or a lot of people are well y'all wouldn't be the secretive he would tell us if something was going on he said but don't you realize in the garden he told Adam not to eat of that fruit and Adam was to instruct Eve and you know, all this. And then when the serpent came, the serpent was beautiful. So he told him not to eat of the tree and that was enough. He didn't say there's going to be a serpent. He's going to be beautiful or a creature or whatever, but he said, I've given you my instructions and that's enough for you. And so as I was praying about it, God gave me a word and he said, the people have lost my word. They're running in fear. They bow at the, um, what did it say? They have bowed to the God of Pharmacia at the altar of fear. And Sorcery. they are reaping their results. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good word, Jenny. And I'll tell you, I mean, you're right about that because Yah does tell us, and you have to remember that Isaiah gives us this prophecy too. He says, look, they will not have eyes which you can see and they won't have ears that can hear. So you can put the stuff in front of them all day long and they, they can't see it and they can't hear it. And so when we look at, <clears throat> when we look at people who have engaged in idolatry, I mean, from my point of view, 
you talk about the image of the beast, the television. You know, if you came over to my house for Bible study on Friday night, and I told you, oh, hey, guess what, Jenny? While you were here, your house burned to the ground. And then you left and you went home and you found your house standing there. You come back the next week and you say, uh, yeah, my house was standing there. Yeah, well, your house might be standing there, but your bank accounts have been emptied. And then you go and you check your bank accounts and there's nothing wrong with your bank accounts. So I've lied to you twice, right? Why, 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 why on earth would you ever listen to me ever again? And this is what goes on with CNN and Fox News and all the rest of the of mainstream media. It goes on all day long. They lie to you all day long. They put up fake images. They stage events, all this stuff. You know, you want to talk about NASA staging events? How about CNN showing up with a green screen and bringing on their own token terrorists to stand around, right? These screen actors that are out of work that are doing all the staging, all these events, crisis actors, right? And yet people know this stuff and they go back every day and they go back every day because they want to turn that on because they feel like they're in the community. Oh, this is what we Americans do. We watch CNN. Oh, this is what, this is what we conservatives do. We watch Fox news, right? That's all our group. So they're in this community. They, so they think, and this is the, you know, this is the whole thing of the good morning America. Let's have coffee and we'll talk pop, you know, pop jargon. And then we'll all be in the community. Well, they're hypnotized. They're hypnotized and they're programmed. And now the programming is in your face. If you came out and you said at any point, which they will never allow you to say on television, <clears throat> that this virus has a 99.85% survival rate, that the, that, the, that the vaccine is causing infinite more damage than the virus ever did or ever could, right? And that there are therapeutics out there that are non-vaccines that cure the problem. Why would anybody believe this? Who cares about how effective the, the, the vax is and what kind of wonderful, you know, they're just, you know, they get on there, oh, Bill Gates has saved millions of lives and the death toll worldwide is in the millions. Why is it in the millions? Because we assigned every death that ever happened in the world as a COVID death. You committed suicide, you drowned, you got killed in a car wreck. Oh, you died from COVID. That's what they tell you. This is the greatest criminal fraud ever perpetrated by mankind. And it's going to result in the greatest genocide ever seen on earth. And Bill Gates has said categorically, point blank to your face, I want to depopulate the earth. He's told us point blank and he wants to do it through a vaccine. He wants to depopulate the earth. I mean, you couldn't be any clearer. He's told us that over and over and over again. So I don't see how, why this is a mystery. But if you have eyes that can't see and ears that can't hear, you can read the gospel from one corner to the other and not understand a single word of it. You can read eyes. I mean, look, look, at you have pastors in the churches that have been teaching out of scripture for years. And then they come in and say, I got the vaccine, you need to get it too. Why are you saying that? Well, I got paid 1300 bucks from the federal government to say that. Right. I got paid 500 bucks to say it. I got paid five grand to, to bring the, bring the vaccine to this church. They're not going to tell you that they did. But kickback central, right? They accepted a bribe, and here they are selling out their own congregation. Chris, go ahead. Hello, Doc. Hi, Chris. Uh, yeah, um, the story with Kobe, I mean, that really touched my heart. It's, uh, but I think that's what the reality is going to be in the future. So many people having this problem with 
our families and our friends and our loved ones getting this back. And I mean, I've got two friends of mine who are doctors who just received this back. And I, I think to myself, you know, haven't you ever, haven't you, haven't you just listened a little bit, you know, to what's going on? I mean, as you say, you know, how can you trust the person who wants to get rid of two thirds of the population of the world, if not more, they do actually more, but, um, and he's the same guy that's trying to save the world. I mean, that's just crazy. But anyway, my heart goes up, Kobe. I'm sorry about that. You know, um, Chris, I'll tell you, I, I really appreciate your words on this. And I and I, I agree with you. You know, my heart goes out to Kobe too and other people who, who have family members that have taken the vax. And, you know, when you get into a situation where you have a husband and wife dividing over the issue, the husband oh. is getting the vax, the wife isn't. The wife is getting the backs, the husband isn't. You know, you're seeing this thing is exactly what was predicted in scripture, right? Correct. That wives were turned against their husbands, husbands against their wives, kids were turned against their parents. You know, you, that you have this massive division. Well, here comes this divider. Here, it's like a steel wedge that's being slammed with a sledgehammer. You know, it is dividing families. And you think about the, when you know what the vaccine does, that it sheds these spike proteins, right? So if your spouse comes home vaccinated, you really have a question to ask yourself, you know? And, and, so, and so, here we, so here we are, Chris, here we are. And, you know, we've, we've come to a point now where it's, you know, they've, they've, got, they've created a culture of death, a covenant with death. And can we be those who join it? We cannot be those. And this is eternal life we're talking about now. This, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you know, let's, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you spoke about the covenant of death and, and Sheol. But <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing in, in Revelation 2. And, I, and I've, this morning, just this morning, I've done 30 chapters from that 20, 27, 25, 26, 27 of Isaiah 2, 61. And how many times it relates to the to to Revelation? It's unbelievable, you know. And 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 the one thing that that touched me is that in Revelation two, he says, "And I hold the keys of death and Sheol." And so he's overcome it. And in Isaiah, he says, "You know what? Never mind this. Never mind all these things." I'm going to come and I'm going to disannul the covenant that you have made with death and shell. And I think that may be for Kobe and for everybody who has taken this thing. You might have made a covenant, but you know what? Yah is much more powerful to, 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 to take, to disannul that covenant, you know, and, and, and yes, the body might suffer, but I, I pray and, and this God particle, which, which infiltrates the mind, that's another story altogether, but I pray that the people suffering will find Yah in a, in, a, in a great way. And, you know, it's true when people lose everything, they're not fearful of anything. And I think, hopefully, people can come to a point where really their bodies, they, they just don't care anymore. And they, and, and they will live and, and express the, the what Yahweh has given us, you know, and that, that I uh, second point it was Corrie Ten Boom, and she hit a couple of Jew, uh, uh, quite a few Jewish uh, families, uh, 
the Second World War. Yeah, beautiful. And um, thirdly, um, the uh, the five the five pointed yellow star. I mean, you know, I, I I I don't know. I'm fearful talking about this, but anyway, the point is, Walmart has the five pointed star already. Yellow star. And, Do they um, really? Yeah, I mean, Walmart. The symbol of Walmart is the five pointed yellow star, and it's yellow. And, the, and, and I saw on the Walmart tunnels, ooh, this is a dangerous point, but anyway, the point is that machine that dug it had that emblem on it. Um, and, you know, obviously Walmart now, listen, I mean, I'm not in America, so uh, maybe, maybe I'm safer. But the point is that they've turned a lot of their stores into camps. They've yeah, changed them into concentration camps. Yeah, no, so, the concentration. You know, that's already here. That's yeah. already here. So if this first and the second world war was already planned, the third world war is planned. It's planned by the same people. It's planned by these people who have perpetrated this and had the covenant with death right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, that's that's about all that I wanted to say right now. Thanks, Phil. Well, Chris, what a great word you have given, you know, because, you know, again, Mashiach says something too. He says, not one will be snatched from my hand. Not one will be snatched from my hand. You know, this and, uh, you know, and of course there's other prophecies. I will never leave you nor forsake you, right? I will always be with you. You know, these are these are truths that, that we also have to accept because we can sit and look and say, well, this mark of the beast is going to be, you know, uh, unreversible, irreversible, right? And, you know, as it writes you out of the book of life, but, you know, you made a very good point that he does come with the keys of Sheol and death. He comes with the keys of Sheol and death and can unlock that covenant and he can unlock that covenant. And so for us who are in, who are now in, in, in our camp, these are things that we should cling to. These are ideas and concepts that we should cling to because yeah. we need to cling to them. We need you know, to know. I'd just love to read this quickly, and it's just two verses or so out of Isaiah 30, 18. It starts, it says, Therefore I, therefore will Yahweh wait, that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For Yahweh is an Elohim of judgment. Blessed are they that wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion and Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious unto you at the voice of your cry when you shall hear it, and he will answer you. You know, things like that, just like so blessing that, that we serve all that is absolutely, um, even, even, even us, we might call ourselves the enlightened or those that are more enlightened. I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to use. The point is we're still so blind. We are still so blinded in our, in our I mean, you know, for, for example, um, America, you know, just, just, just the, the name America uh, uh, um, uh, comes from Amaru, which is, which is the, the serpent that flies or the, you know, and I'm thinking, what, how does this, because they've been taught in history that it comes from some Italian uh, guy, but it's not. It, it, right. and that never happened. 
Yeah. Anyway, look, Doc, I've said too much. Uh, let me give other people a chance. Thank you so much. Chris, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, let, let's go to Heidi. Heidi? Hey, can everybody hear me? I can barely hear you, but go ahead can and speak you? a little louder. No, I can hear you. Go ahead. What's going on, Heidi? Okay, it's the first time I've done this. Um, two things. One, to today, do I say Shalom Shabbat or Shabbat Shalom? Shabbat Shalom. Because the, Thank you, because words the noun, have meaning. The noun precedes the adjective, right? Okay, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know yet, but I know that now. Okay, I just want to say Shabbat Shalom to all of you, my family. Thank you for being my family. I want to thank you for um, really shoring me up last Shabbat. You all know I was having a hard time. I just wanted to thank you all and pray Yah blesses you all for that. And just that. Well, thank you, Heidi. And it's good to have you here. So stay with us, okay? All I right. will. All right. Let's <laughs> okay. let's go to let's go to John. John, how are you, buddy? I still got you muted there. I'm slow. There you go. Hey. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, yeah. Our heart goes out to Colby and for his mom and my dad got it. And there's so many people out there. Um, you know, you started out today with one of my favorite passages in John there and uh, uh, to testify to the truth. The reason he came into this world is to testify to the truth. And those uh, uh, who hear the truth, listen to my voice, you know. Um, but the next passage there is Pilate speaking. And he says, what is truth? Right. Yeah. And uh, isn't that what this whole thing is, this, the, the world itself today? What is truth? Even these pastors you're talking about that get paid, and 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 of course we're pretty sure that they're not true servants. They're probably uh, workmen for the other side. I don't know how to this. They're hirelings. That's what the scripture calls them. Um, mm -hmm. So, but how how do we, you know, when we're when we're looking at this, the world is is trying to uh, push this idea on us that this is what we need to do. This is the the, the, the vaccine, and, and you're right about the division that's coming, but how many can discern uh, what the truth is? Because there's so much uh, uh, deception out there, and we know years ago already, they figured that 80% of the news was propaganda. I'm guessing now it's probably 99.9% .9 propaganda. Yeah, it's in that range, yeah. You know, so, so that's, that's my anything. point here, I guess, is how do we, you know, you're trying to break through into these, into, into family members and friends, uh, but they're, they're blinded to the truth. They, they don't want to see that. They're still asking, what is truth? You don't know what truth is. Well, you know. and even, and even when we try to lay, even when we lay out the facts, uh, you know, I've been through this too, you know, but when you talk about what is truth, I mean, first of all, we know this in scripture, scripture gives us very clear guidelines by the testimony of two or three witnesses, the matter is established. And, and now, of course, there is a prohibition in scripture that says thou shalt not bear false witness. Why? Because your true witness, by the testimony of two true witnesses, the matter is established. Well, of course, you know, the, the kind of satanic leadership that's going on right now is incredible. It, this is not human leadership that's taking us down this path. This is demonic leadership. 
And they know the scriptures better than any one of us. They know all of these truths and rudiments and they know all these fundamentals and they know exactly how to exploit them and they are exploiting them. And every time when we come up with, with uh, you know, Yah has given us another path of enlightenment or another path of righteousness, they close that window the following day. They know, they know all of these things. And so when we say, well, by the, by the testimony of two or three witnesses, well, then they'll drag out witnesses. Did you know that since COVID started, there have been over a billion messages given on the news media concerning taking the vaccine? Over a billion messages. And what you have is, you know, in fraud, you have two different kinds of fraud. You have fraud by commission and you have fraud by omission. So for instance, this is what the news media engages in all night long. They'll leave out the salient points of the story. Like for instance, uh, there was a teenager, the, the first teenager who was 19, died from COVID in Florida, right? Of course, what they didn't tell you is that teenager that died from COVID was over 400 pounds, suffering from diabetes, had three other forms of comorbidities, and you know, and along comes COVID, right? But did they tell us that? No, because they were engaged in fraud by omission. They don't tell you the whole story. They only tell you the part of the story they want to tell you. That's fraud by omission. They do that every night. Every night, every day, it's fraud by omission all day long. Dr. Then P, I, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to say I found the link to the FDA uh, saying it's not approved. I'll put it in the chat for everyone and right where to look at it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, because it's not approved. It's an, ex it's an experimental use authorized uh, uh, medical treatment. It's not a vaccine. It hasn't been approved as a vaccine and it's not a vaccine. And, you know, and what it is, is it's a kill, it's a kill shot. It's a kill device. It's a, it's a, it's a digital tag. It, and, you know, and then the, you know, and those who survive, great. Well, you're tagged and we can, we can track you everywhere you need to go. It's also a device to eliminate enemies. It's a social credit system uh, uh, methodology, but, but mostly it's a depopulation event. I mean, it is sterilizing women, it is sterilizing men. And not only is it sterilizing the men and women that take the vax, but those who are around those who have taken the vax, particularly women, that spike protein seems to shed. And so women who are near other women who have taken the vax end up with menstrual problems or having miscarriages in the third term, on and on and on the list goes as a result of exposure to this spike protein. So yeah, I mean, you know, the, the information is replete. You can get information all over the place. If you, if you, look, at the, if you look at the teaching of Dr. Mikovics, or you look at the, the teaching of uh, Sherry Tenpenny, or you look up uh, uh, Dr. Cahill out of Ireland, there's five doctors that have come out that are very prominent that have spoken over 450 times since the vaccine was introduced, trying to give information on what's here. These are all highly accredited, very specialized doctors who know exactly what they're talking about. So uh, you got to keep that in mind, okay? All right, let's go to, uh, so John, anyway, go, go back to what you were saying. When we talk about this issue of what is truth, by the testimony of two or three witnesses, the matter is established, okay? But when you talk about, so when we look at this, I want to just spend a little bit of time on this. You know, when you study logic, right, you get an initial premise, mod, a modus potens, it's potens, it's called, which is A, therefore A. If you have A, therefore you have A. But that doesn't mean that it's true. 
It just means it's consistent. If A is a lie, then A is a lie, right? Then you have the claim that is Yahweh, you know, Anki Yahweh Elohim. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. That's the claim. That's the first commandment, the first claim. Then what does he say? Who brought you out of the land of Egypt? Who brought you out of bondage? Okay, well, that's two statements. There's two statements right there. One statement is he brought you out of the land of Egypt. Did this happen? Yes, the whole of the house of Yasharot came out of Egypt. And he brought them out of slavery. Was it revolution that brought him out? Was it civil war that brought him out? Was it an attacking army that brought him out? No, if it was in your insurance company looking at it, they would say, well, that was an act of God that brought them out. That's what, you know, that's how the insurance company would look at it, right? I mean, that's what you see. So you have two witnesses testifying to the claim. Now, Mashiach does the same thing. When you read the Gospel of John, he says, you know, uh, under the Talmud, an individual's testimony is considered untrue. In other words, don't make a difference what you say. That's considered false under the Talmud. But, and Mashiach says, look, I realized that if I testify to myself, even though my testimony is true, you will take it as false. But I tell you, the miracles testify as to me and my father testifies as to me. What? All of the prophets testified as to him. So you have this whole litany of testimony coming up to which he fulfilled those prophecies that testifies as to who he is. The miracles he performed testify as to who he is. So even Mashiach justified himself by the testimony of two witnesses. Even Yahweh justified himself by the testimony of two witnesses, right? Now we have more than two witnesses. We have 4,200 people dead from the vax. That's given that that's given its own testimony. And that's testimony after they have manipulated the facts, after they have ignored things, after they claim, oh, that person didn't die from the vax, that person didn't die from the vax, blah, blah, blah. After all of these things, they still have 4,200 deaths that they have to admit came directly and proximately caused from the vax. That's 4,200 witnesses that it's a kill shot, right? And there's hundreds of thousands of people who are vaccine injured. Go to the VAERS, D-A-E-R-S website at the CDC and look up the numbers for yourself, right? So when we talk about the truth of the matter, when you talk about the testimony, uh, the testimony of two or more witnesses, you guys have all seen the videos where you have a hundred different newscasters reading the exact same script, you know, and they, and they try to claim they're independent journalists. They're not independent journalists. They're just robots regurgitating the same stuff over and over again, right? So when we look at when we look at the truth of the proposition, what's coming down here? Now, when you look at the, at the concept that is this fax the mark? Is it the mark of the beast? Well, you have to look first. You've got to look at Revelation 13. You've got protocol that, that gives you a, a very particular thing. It says, first of all, that they will cause the whole world, great and small, rich and poor, right? Free and bond to receive the mark. This There is nobody exempt from this vaccine. Everybody's required to get it, even though Netanyahu cheated, even though Biden cheated, you know, even though Pelosi cheated, no needles, you know, saline solution. There were no needles in those shots, right? Even though they cheated, great and small, rich and poor, free and bond is required to take this mark. Now, the next question is, what about can you buy or sell? Well, I had one guy write me and he said, well, I can still buy or sell. I haven't had it. I can still buy or sell for the time being. For the time being. But look, every day that goes by, oh, well, they got an electronic vaccine passport that New York is proposing. California is proposing the same thing. Biden says, you know, you either get vaccinated or keep the mask on, that you can be the Jew. 
You know, you either get vaccinated or you can be the Jew for the next Holocaust. I mean, that's what he said. And then all of these tolerant people, these tolerant liberals who were so opposed to every little tidbit of racism are the biggest bigoted, discriminatory, prejudicial racists you can possibly imagine. As soon as you give them the license under a medical excuse, out comes the racist bigot. And I'll tell you, this is one of the things that Corey Ten Boom said in her thing. And there's been other publications that have come out and said it. You know, the Germans have come out and said, look, I participated in the Nazi movement. And you can try to pretend that we didn't know. But we knew. We knew and we did. And the people, let's just say that the Vax isn't a killer. And they round up all the unvaccinated, put us in camps and kill us. Let me tell you, every single death, that's on you and it's on you for eternity. Because you knew when you got into this Nazism, you knew when you crossed the threshold into techno-fascism. And you want to sit here and come, come, come across the desk with your arrogance. I'm vaccinated. What about you? Put your swastika on before you say that to me. You know, it's very interesting that uh, this pre-trib rapture concept, uh, you hear some of these guys, this can't be the mark because we're still here. And uh, what, what uh, that's just not correct. Of course, I've been uh, teaching against that for a while already, the pre-trib, read Matthew uh, 24, 28 through 30, says after the tribulation of these days, you know, but this is what a, what a, what a tremendous victory Satan got uh, when he came up with this concept 150 years ago, 140, whatever it was, though, we're all going to be gone. And I read that letter this morning too, from Corey Ten Boom. And that was the very thing that they told the Chinese. Uh, this can't, you know, when real tribulation comes, you'll be gone. And when it, that's the same lie that we're being told. When real tribulation comes, we'll be gone. Well, this is the mark, and we're still here. And when real tribulation comes, what are these pre-tribbers going to say then? Well, this can't be the tribulation because I'm still here. Right, right. I know, I know. It's, it's, and, and when we talk about what? The great deception that will come on the earth. The great deception. Well, part of that great deception is the rapture doctrine. Part of that great deception is that this vaccine is your savior, that this sorcery is your savior. That's part of this deception too. The great deception is on the earth. And you're right, John. I mean, that, that's a great word. Thank you. All right, let's go to uh, Catherine. Uh, Doc, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong about the five-star Walmart. It's the six, it's the six, uh, the six. Uh, Six-pointed point star. star. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that, Doc. Yeah, thanks for the correction, Chris. That's great. Thank you. Okay, Catherine, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Yeah, hold on. Hold on, Catherine. Catherine, Catherine, moment. Hold on. It's a different Catherine going first. I'll, I'll come yes. up. Okay, give me, give thank me a you. Shabbat shalom to the Kodashim. Um, thank you, Dr. Pigeon, for going to these hard places. Uh, as I was in the Word this week in the Et Sefer, um, I heard Father talking about focusing on the tools that he's given us. And I'd, if you can take just a moment to expound um, in Sirach, Ecclesiasticus, chapter 17. And he's talking about he's created man and what he's gave him. And I'm just going to read 
the next four verses. This is where my question really lies. So I pick up 17.4 and put the fear of man upon all flesh and gave him dominion over beasts and fowls. They received the use of the five operations of Yahuwah and in the sixth place, he imparted them understanding and in the seventh speech, an interpreter of the cogations thereof, counsel and tongue and eyes and hear and a eyes and ears and a heart he gave them to understand with all he filled them with the knowledge of understanding and showed them good and evil um could you expound a little on these five operations in the sixth and the seventh oh yeah sure i mean it's really quite simple when you think about it but what you what sirach is talking about here is kind of the the tenets of what we call epistemology and so what you have is uh, you have the, you've got the five senses, right? What this, what he's talking about there is the five senses, which is, you know, uh, smell, taste, uh, vision, uh, hearing, and touch, right? Then you come from the five senses and then you move into understanding and speech. And so this is, if, if you study, this is a very good teaching out of Sirach actually, uh, but it's going to take us a lot of time to talk about this, Catherine. So I'll just give you the quick briefing. But essentially what happens is, is that mankind's uh, apparatus is done through the five senses. That's called sensation. Sensation comes into the body. And when it comes into the body, the sensation is perceived. Perceived, that's called perception. So you perceive the sensation and that's called perception. When the perception happens more than once, then it is, you know, the perception is cognized. And then when it happens more than once, it becomes recognized, recognized. And so recognition then, from recognition is this repeated aspect of perception. You recognize what you're perceiving. And then once you recognize what you're perceiving, you conceptualize what you're perceiving and what you're recognizing. And you conceptualize it in language. And this is why Yah gave, gave us speech and language, because with speech and language, we can conceptualize that which we have recognized. And we conceptualize it in this idea of a series of sounds that we capture. And these series of sounds that we capture then constitute a concept. Because if I say, uh, you know, if I say antisocial dystentarianist, right, you're just hearing, you know, you're hearing this series of, of syllables that are coming at you. There's nothing there. I mean, you know, I'm not, there's nothing that's being structured in front of you. I'm just making a sound. Antisocial dysentarianist, right? That's just a sound. But because that sound has fricatives and it has vowels and it has this, that, and it's got distinctions in it, you recognize it as a concept. And this is what Yah gives us. He gave us speech and he gave us this speech as a concept. So all of this becomes an epistemological understanding, an epistemological understanding. From this, from conception, then comes abstraction. And in abstraction, we can pull out portions of the concept, we can pull it out and segregate it and set it over here, and then we understand, okay, anti, okay, that means against, social, okay, social distancing, okay, an antisocial distantarianist is someone who is opposed to social distancing. Someone who's opposed, oh, there it is someone who's opposed to social distancing, right? We get that because we were able to abstractly pull apart the concept and take it apart so we can see it. 
So this becomes, now when you ask yourself, what is wisdom? And what is understanding? What is knowledge? I mean, these are big concepts, right? What is knowledge? You know, knowledge is the accumulation of truth in, in, in integration with what you understand. Now, there is an exception to this. The exception to this is music, because music is a different language that is spoken by the whole earth, and it's spoken every single culture, every single person speaks the language of music to some degree. And, and, the, and, it's, and it makes no difference whether it's in your regular tongue or not, every person on earth. So you can play a particular melody for somebody in any culture on earth, and it will have a certain emotional effect because the language bypasses the speech mechanism and speaks directly into the brain because it's its own language. Why? Because it's a pure language. It's a pure language that was given to us by Yah. It was not given to us by Satan. Okay, music was not given to us by Satan. Music was given to us by Yah. And consonant music speaks the language of Yah. What I mean by consonant music is, is of, of the first, the third, and the fifth. Ba dum pum. Those are consonant intervals, and they are in harmony. And those harmonies sound good to the ear, whether you're in China, whether you're in South Africa, whether you're in Argentina, whether you're in Alaska. Those three intervals sound good. So, but when you're talking about wisdom and understanding, what is understanding? Understanding is wisdom applied with knowledge. What is knowledge? Knowledge is wisdom and understanding. What is wisdom? It's knowledge and understanding. I mean, the three work together, right? Yes. Wisdom, the beginning of wisdom, fear of Yah is the beginning of wisdom. It's the knowing how to operate in life. That's why we published the book of Sirach. That's why we published the book of the wisdom of Solomon because you have additional teachings to the Proverbs to tell you of the wisdom of life. Now, Sirach is not a perfect book, but it does impart a tremendous amount of wisdom and it was always recognized as a part of scripture. And so what you see with, what you see with the idea of wisdom and knowledge is when Yah placed the seventh day, he placed wisdom and knowledge and, and understanding in our hearts. This is that we might, what is to know? To know is to know Yah, the Father, and the Son whom he sent. If you know that truth, all the other truth will, ex will expand before you. What is understanding, right? Understanding is bina, bina in the Hebrew. Understanding is this business of knowing how to rightly divide the word and what the word means. You know, if I start telling you that a word doesn't mean something, it's like I get in this argument with my wife all the time about the flat earth concept. I said, you look out at the earth, I can look right out my window right here and see that the earth is not flat. I mean, I got a hill that comes right out of my driveway right here. So that, and she's, well, that's not what they mean. I said, well, that's what the word means. The word says flat, that means, if I think flat, I think tabletop, okay? If you're gonna say it's flat, then it's gotta look like a tabletop. Otherwise, if it's got a hill, that ain't flat. You need to work on a different word if you're gonna describe it and you're gonna say that that's what it is, right? I mean, not to, be, not to belabor the point, but the words have meaning. And it's the same thing when you talk about this thing's a vaccine. No, it isn't. Oh, the vaccine's effective. What are you talking? You know, when, they, when a newscaster comes out and says, the vaccine is doing, what are you talking about? It's not a vaccine. What are you talking about? You're calling, what if I came out to you and said, hey, the, the, uh, you know, the Ford Taurus is working miracles at stopping COVID. Uh, Ford Taurus? Yeah, that's the word I want to use to describe this thing. Ford Taurus. Does that work for you? No, it doesn't work for me because it doesn't describe anything. Well, I don't care what the word means. 
That's the word I like to use. That's the word you're getting. You see, that's untruth. That's not true. So what is understanding? Understanding is understanding what the word means, what the concept is. That's rightly dividing the word. That's understanding. Okay? Okay. All right. Now, let's go to the other Catherine, Catherine Wilmot. Okay, Catherine, what have you got? No, excuse me. I was just going to let you know, I'm sure it was you who thought that the Royals were going to fall in time. I'm sure you said that to me once. But besides William having the vaccine, his wife now, Catherine, has had it. And both boys are promoting it. Well, that's what they're saying. Mm. It was the vaccine the vaccine or was it a saline solution? That we don't well, know. Well, I'm thinking placebo because of the Queen's Beast coin. Right, the white horse coin, yeah. Yes. Let's, let's see, let's see. We, we shall see. Okay, let me go to Bettina. Tina, okay. what have you got? Hi, Dr. P. Hey. Okay, I need to say this, and I don't care who believes me or not, but I will not ever bow down to any man except for Yah. We are to trust in him in all circumstances. There's scripture about it everywhere, just like Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in El Yahuwah with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He is our shield. So why wouldn't you think he would protect your immune system? Why do I think he would what? Amen. Well, he would protect your immune system. Oh, of course he would. Of course I he believe would. that. This is how I live. I don't believe in any of this crud. And we've had members in our own community, Dr. P, that have said how they're children of Yah. And guess what happened? They went and got the jab, and then they're bragging about it. Well, of course they're bragging That's about bad. it. Yeah, of course they're bragging about it because, you know, guess what? That is their God. It's not my God, and I won't bow down to any man over this crap. I don't care what they take away from me. Nothing. Well, hallelujah. I won't. Hallelujah. That's a strong testimony, Tina. That's a very strong testimony. Yeah. My I mean, kids you know, have gotten it. Grand Paul People said, close to me have gotten it. Are, they, are your neighbors pressuring you now? Not my neighbor. Nope. But my kids went and got it. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I know. That breaks my heart. But all I can do is pray for them. But I have to stand my ground. We didn't get the spirit of fear when we were born. He's our shield. We don't need to bow down to any of this stuff or even question it. It's like this is what's really showing who's really children of Yah and who aren't. Amen. I mean, it, it really is. It really is, Tina. I mean, it really is. And it is heartbreaking. And, you know, look, Chris gave us a great word here today. And, uh, you know, uh, that was a very powerful word from Chris. We, I'll guarantee you that every single person on this call today has a testimony similar to yours, that, that a loved one has taken the vax. I'll guarantee it. Almost everyone in, the, in this call has a testimony that's like that. And we have to look at that now. And we, 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 we have to recognize that. Does it diminish our love for them? Shouldn't. Shouldn't diminish our love for them at all, right? Does it diminish our prayers for them? Shouldn't. Shouldn't diminish our prayers, right? It should not. But we also have to recognize that we 
we have to be prepared to give our lives as testimony for our faith. We have to be prepared. And I will at any time. I've never had a problem with that. I'll lay my own head down for them. I'm not bowing down to any of this or any man except Priya. That's it. This is how I live. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Good word. Good word, Tina. Thank you so much. Okay. Jessica, go ahead. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Um, so my how are you? So my question was, how do we connect the job as the mark to the beast, which a lot of people say, you know, it's the Vatican. Um, like, what is their play? What is their play? Or do you believe? I don't know who you say the second beast is that rises. I just heard a study today saying it's the United States, and then the whole like fire coming down from heaven. They're like likening it to the direct energy weapon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's being. So I was just too. wondering yes, what your take on that was. Well, thank you, Jessica. It's a great question. I can tell you that when you look at the protocol that came down to run this scamdemic that they've got going, that that was initiated by the 13 families behind Rome, which control the Pope. And that's who initiated it. And they control the, 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 the corporate gurus at Davos, Switzerland. So you have this group of 13 extremely wealthy, very powerful European families to which all of the leaders in Europe bow to them. And then you have this group in Davos where the top 1000 corporations in the world meet there. You know, this is Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, you know, uh, Warren Buffett, all these guys who are, you know, super wealthy. They meet in Davos. And then this Nazi, Klaus Schwab, whose father was a Nazi and who he himself is a Nazi, he's a Riker. He gets up there and starts giving this Nazi protocol. This is what we're going to do. And <clears throat> all of these thousand corporations are going, well, <clears throat> where's our leadership? And up steps Bill Gates. Oh, I have the answer. <clears throat> our fundamental problem is we have too many people on earth and we have to eliminate about 7 billion of them. And the best way to do that, you know, you had Bertrand Russell, who was the most evil man of the 20th century, and his heir now is Bill Gates. Bertrand Russell wrote an impact of uh, science on society in 1953. Oh, well, here's how you do it. You know, you starve people to death. That was his, his, that was his preferred method of, of getting population under control. He wanted the earth at 150 million people. The Georgia Guidestones want, wants the earth at 500 million people. And they intend to do it now in this generation. Right now, they intend to do it right now. And so these corporations have got together and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to initiate a Nazi protocol, Third Reich, Third Reich, techno-fascism. And under this techno-fascism, we're just going to hit everybody with this kill shot. And, we're going to, and, and then we're going to initiate a social credit system. We're going, to, we're going to tag you with a digital marker. Your bank is going to be able to trace you everywhere you go. You're not going to need anything else because you're going to be totally readable. You're a biometric device now like your cell phone, except now, and now it's you, you're a biometric device. And because you're a biometric device, you know, guess what? Now you're, you know, you've written yourself out of the book of life. You're a biometric device. They can track and trace you. They can terminate your life when they want. They can control you with a 5G mechanism. They can do all of this. And so when you see all of that stuff, yeah, this protocol was initiated out of the Vatican. And the Vatican is asserting, you know, Roman control. And what, well, what is Roman control? Roman control, the Rome initially, Western Rome, right? In German, would have been called a Reich, the Roman Empire, Reich. 
And then when they formed the Holy Roman Empire in 800 AD, and it continued until 1800 AD, it ruled for a thousand years, that was known as the Holy Roman Empire or the Second Reich. And then they tried to reinstate the Holy Roman Empire again under Adolf Hitler, who claimed that the Third Reich would rule for a thousand years. And in fact, they do control all of Europe now. The Third Reich controls all of Europe under the, under the tutelage of the Vatican. And they are reaching out now to control the whole world under the Third Reich. And they intend to rule for a thousand years. And if you go back and you look at the protocols of the Third Reich, the very first thing they did was they killed off the elderly, they killed off the sick, they killed off the deformed, they killed off the disabled. And then when they were done killing the disabled, the deformed, the elderly, and the sick, which is going on right now, that's what happened in New York. They called it COVID. And then they stuck ventilators down everybody's throat until they blew their lungs up. And they were killing off the elderly. And when they were done doing that, they were, now they're killing off the deformed, they're killing off the disabled. Then they go to killing off races that they don't like. And they go, and they go out to kill people who are socially unacceptable. And the socially unacceptable are the people that are unwilling to come under the kill protocol called this vaccine. That's who the socially unacceptable are. And so that's what they're doing. That's who this Third Reich is. So it's very common. If you want to see what's going to happen in this country, just look at what happened in Germany in the 30s, because that's the protocol that's being rolled out. That's what it is. That's why we're talking about now when you're told you're either vaccinated or wear a mask, you might as well get the six-pointed yellow star and sew it right on your mask because you've just been identified as the Jew who is to die in the camp. And yes, it does come out of Rome. So this is why when, and the mark is very clear. The mark says, when you look at Revelation 13, it tells you point blank, you know, that this will be imposed on the whole earth and it will be great and small, free and poor, you know, uh, rich and poor, free and bond. It will be imposed on the whole earth that you will not be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark. That's where they're going. They haven't gotten there yet. But they're going to get there, and they're going to get there by this fall. Okay, so we're saying the basically the second piece is this family, all this organization of rulers or whatever that are controlling everything that's going on, and then the image of the beast would be the AI. I think you said that before. Yeah, it's AI expressing itself through the television. The image of the beast that speaks is AI speaking through your television. The beast that rises out of the sea is a demonic beast that is behind AI. We had a long discussion about this the other night at Fellowship, because when you get to quantum computing, when you reach the high end of quantum computing, there is an electromagnetic interface that is actually cross-dimensional. They don't want to talk. They don't want to tell you about that, but it's an electromagnetic inter inter interface that's cross-dimensional, and it opens the doorways for demons to enter into the computing system. So what you're seeing, this AI is not just an objective protocol that's crunching zeros and ones. There is demonic forces, devils, fallen watchers themselves, Hasatan, working through this AI to create an agenda to kill humanity. And you got one of two choices. You either succumb to the beast and take on its mark, and you come under the tutelage of Hasatan, or you die. And that's the choices. That's what AI is giving you. And they want to destroy. Those demons want to kill the human race. We have a chance at salvation. They don't. That's why they hate us. That is the beast. And the, the second beast that rises up out of the earth is the beast that causes the world to worship the first beast and that erects an image to his name and an image that speaks and that calls down fire from heaven. 
We see all this, oh, the technology is so wonderful. It's so great. Who can make war with the beast? The technology is just over the top. Who can make war with the beast? I tell you who can make war with the beast. Yah can make war with the beast. And Yah is going to make war with the beast. And the beast is going to be defeated. And everyone who is allied with the beast is going down with him. That's what's going to happen. That's just the way it is. So, but yeah, it was a good question, Jessica. Very good question. And you know, you, you know, look, your study in Revelation 13 has just begun. Don't ask the question about who the two witnesses are, whatever you do. <laughs> okay. Sandy, go ahead. Sandy, you there? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Um, so yeah, my husband and I were from Alberta, Canada. And um I appreciate uh you mentioning us on previous Sabbaths. Um, because yeah, we are definitely facing persecution here too um but i did want i had a couple points um so we've been trying to speak truth to uh, my husband's parents about getting the jab and trying to you know just just show them the truth right and and they were kind of in the frame of mind that they were going to kind of wait it out and um you know, just kind of see, like they, they've said that we, you know, we probably will at some point get it, but not as of yet, just kind of see how everything rolls out. And then all of a sudden now we have corporations and businesses here that are offering bribes. And so they, they're where they work, they offered them $250 to get the shot. And I believe that's what persuaded them to get it. All of a sudden, that they, they just said, "Oh well, we got it," and then we just like it just kind of come as a surprise. Um, and they don't, you know, people aren't seeing how are how are corporations and businesses. They're saying, "Oh well, if if you can prove you have the shot, you get free donuts for a year." Or oh, or I'd we'll give up my life for the free donuts for sure. I mean, yeah. you know. If you want me to take on mad cow disease, I'll do it if you give me 10 donuts. Yeah, like, so th this is bribery. If I tried to bribe um, a health services official or a government or the police, I'd be thrown in jail. How how are they not being charged? You know, how come people don't see this as bribery? That's This should be illegal. And also, um, so even though the pharmacia has exemption from uh people coming back on them if they have had a reactions or or death or whatever because of this jab um how would does that work with a business or a corporation if they're telling their people we want you to be fully vaccinated to work in this company are they not liable for what happens to their employees yeah, they are actually, but I'm not, I can't speak to Canadian liability. And of course, you know, courts are worthless now because the courts are the courts of Sodom. And, you know, in Canada, you've always had limits to liability anyway. They can do anything they want to the healthcare system. You've got no malpractice, you know, mechanism at all up there. If you get injured, well, Canada will slip you a check for three grand, right? Uh, and so that's about it. So when you're talking about the liability, yeah, the corporations are liable if they mandate it. You must have the vax or you can't work here. 
you must have the vax or you know like the corporations around here are doing you must have the vax or you have to work in a mask right that is per se discrimination i mean that's absolutely prejudicial discrimination of the highest order violent violative of the 14th amendment but you know Canadian, uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada has been completely violated, totally tanked. And, you know, Alberta is one of the greatest defenders. You know, I just did a, an interview with Arthur Pavlovsky, pastor there in Calgary, who was summarily arrested. And, you know, and he, he gave his testimony. Here's a guy who's willing to witness unto death because he left a, a communist country to come to Canada to, to, to experience freedom. And he gets into Canada and here he is because he is feeding the hungry right? He's feed, he has, they feed the homeless four days a week out of his church there in Calgary. He ministers to the, to the homeless people. He takes care of orphans and widows, right? And they have a worship, uh, the street church has a worship uh, service every, every Saturday where people come together and pray and worship, right? This is what he does. This is his ministry. Well, that is anathema to the leadership in, in Calgary, and so, you know, the, the, this um, serial adulterist who works for the, uh, for the health department comes in there, walks in the middle of worship service and says, let me explain to you who your God is. Your God is the Canadian healthcare system. That's who your God is. And here is the Torah according to the Canadian healthcare system. Thou shalt wear a mask of submission when you're in a, in a public place, right? And he tossed her out. Well, as a result, he has more than 29 citations for violating COVID protocols. He's been hit with a million dollar fine and he was arrested and tortured and he was tortured. He was placed in a cell for 30 hours in solitary confinement and they woke him up every two hours. That's called sleep deprivation. That's a violation of the convention against torture. torture. The whole thing is a violation of the Geneva conventions. And it's also a violation of the Universal Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights and the 1947 Nuremberg Code. But who's counting? No one in law enforcement in Alberta, no court in Alberta. Who's standing up in the political system? No one. The answer is no one, none, and no one. No one, none, and no one. So what does that tell you? It tells me the judgment is on the place. And, you know, in Canada only has 28,000 cases of COVID let alone deaths. I mean, the deaths are minuscule. I mean, there's no COVID going on in Canada at all. So why do people have to get the vaccine? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a vaccine that's going to give me mad cow disease, that's going to put prions in my brain, that's going to destroy my bloodstream, that's going to wreck all my blood cells, that's going to make me uh, absolutely, uh, you know, uh, 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 my immune system is going to be so compromised, I'll die from the common cold. And I'll do that for 250 bucks, or I'll do it for a handful of donuts, or I'll do it for a happy meal at McDonald's. Will you do it for a dance and a jig? Will you do it for that much? You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's like the guy who walked up to the woman and said, hey, madam, would you mind, uh, you know, having an affair with me for, mil for a million bucks? And she said, a million bucks? He says, yeah, a million bucks. She says, well, sure I will. And he says, well, how about 50 bucks? And she slaps his face. What do you think I am? And he says, we've already determined who you are. We're just arguing about the price. Right. So, you know, so here you are, right? I mean, this is, this is the situation when you're talking about in Alberta. And particularly Calgary, but Edmonton is equally bad because you have techno-fascists up there in Edmonton and you have Canadians, and this is what's mind-boggling. You have Canadians who have re very readily embraced being a jackbooted Nazi thug. They had no problem crossing that threshold 
into being a jackbooted Nazi thug, a Gestapo member, just like Pop, uh, Arthur Pawlowski identified. They're Gestapo, they're Nazis, they're jackbooted thugs. And these, when, when you become a jackbooted thug and you start propagating the, the tenets of techno-fascism, you've sold out your family, you've sold out your spouse, you've sold out your children, you sold out your grandchildren, you sold out your parents, you sold out your grandparents, you sold out every guy that died on the beaches of Normandy, every soldier who went into battle in World War I and World War II, you sold them out, you did. And how much did you do it for? 250, 300, 500, a pay raise being a cop? Huh? How much did you how much did you sell out all of your generations for? I want to know. And don't you don't have to tell me. You just tell yourself when you look in the mirror in the morning what you did. What you did, what you did to Canada. So it's amazing. Anyway, Sandy, I'll tell you. You like again, we're hearing the testimonies today. It's heartbreaking to hear these testimonies. But we're hearing testimonies from every one of us of loved ones who have taken the vax. We're hearing it. And all I can tell you is we can I can I can rant and rave and go on and you know be belly aching and doing everything else. But the truth is that we we sit here, we're, we sit here in mourning is what it is. We sit here in mourning, mourning, and we're sitting here in a situation of looking out at the world and seeing, okay. This is what happens when the world falls away from Yah and Yah's judgment comes. And the wheat has to weather, you know, it's like Ezra says, when you're on the narrow path, you have a wall of fire on one side and an ocean on the other. What he didn't say is there's a 200 mile an hour wind blowing down that path too. that wants to blow you right off, wants to take you right out of there. Okay. Dr. P. Yes. Dr. P, real quick, please. I need to clarify something. When I was talking about our community, taking the jab and bragging about it. I'm talking about our cypher community. This is what, yes, this I am and bragging about it. This is why I said, now you can see the separation from Yah's children. It was breaking my heart to see this and they're bragging. And the one person's bragging about it. That's been a member on our cypher group for, oh my gosh, how long have I had it? Six years since then and he's all bragging about it that's all i wanted to say it came out of our cyber community not where i live i don't care what people do around here thank you okay thanks tina well thanks for clarifying okay let's go to vanessa 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 i gotta ask you a question how did you get that fabulous name kafka <laughs> well um yes my husband is related to Franz Kafka. <laughs> and um, that's how I got it. Married my husband. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, okay, well, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat and, Shalom. And, um, well, I just wanted to say I have like a testimony, uh, but my husband has numerous health problems. I have them too, but I stopped seeing Pharmakia and I stopped seeing doctors a couple years ago because I was just fed up. But um, the, he has heart problems. He has a valve. He has a um, titanium valve and stuff like that. Well, last month he had to go to the VA um, for uh, to emergency room because his heart was hurting him. And um, the VA made him, I mean, even in this emergency room, they made him take um, 
the COVID test, they, or they wouldn't see him even for this emergency. So we had to take it and he's anti-vax also. Um, well, they have been repeatedly calling our home, asking us to get the vax and um, Avera health systems have repeatedly called me asking me to get the vax. We say no, no, no. Um, but, um, and I am, I mean, if there's a stand to take, I'm right there all the time. I will take the stand. And, um, but I recently put this on my door and I don't know if anybody can see this or not, read it. If you want, I could read it to you. I don't know if that's coming in clear. Can anybody yeah, see that? I can see it clearly. Okay. Anyway, pull it up a little. If you, okay, I'll just read it. If you have recently received the experimental COVID-19 vaccine injection, please take notice. Do not enter these premises, premises, premises. There is growing evidence that this vaccine is self-spreading and can be transmitted to non-vaccinated people. This is a violation of people's right to choose whether they wish to be exposed to an untested genetic mod modification experiment. Thank you for, thank you for your understanding. Please research online to become informed. Wow. Yeah, outstanding. That's an outstanding sign. Yeah, I saw it on um, Gab and I printed it out. And uh, anyway, so I thought it would trump all the other signs I see on people's doors that, that, that are afraid that they're going to catch COVID to unvaccinated people. But anyway. Well, up here, Vanessa, we have a different sign that's used around where I live. And generally, you have to, you have to use an old sheet of plywood and you use a, a can of spray paint. And it just says... Stay out or get shot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and trust me, those signs are all over the place up here. Stay out or get shot. You know, it's a, it's what you call a, a welcome mat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Vanessa, yeah, thank you for that. I mean, it's, and that is so true, right? So when people called me up from Washington, they said, well, Washington's just passed a law saying the vaccinated get a special section at the sports arena. We think that's discriminatory. I said, don't stop that law. Keep the vaccinated people over there. You don't want to be anywhere near them. Exactly. Over there, get, you know, get out of there, right? And for that matter, when you think about it, when people say, well, you need to wear a mask if you haven't been vaccinated, then you want to, you want to look at them and say, you know, you're dead right, because the last thing I want is for you shedding that garbage in your system on me. So here, I'll wear the mask, and then you can take it home with you at the end of the night so you can keep your spike proteins to yourself. You know, yep. me, if it was me, they, they said, you have to wear a mask, wear, wear a mask or you can't come to work. I'd get my old Guy Fox mask out. That'd be the one that I'd be wearing to work. This is what you're getting. I got on an airplane and they said, you know, mask is required. Okay. I put a mask up here like this under my nose, all the way around my head, put on my sunglasses, put my head over the top. And they were like, you're kidding me. We don't, we don't even know who you are. Bingo. You're the one that required it. Keep your mouth shut. Don't talk to me about what you, what you think I'm wearing, what I'm not wearing. You're the one that said I had to do it. That's what I'm doing. There you go. You got your mask. You need any more? Well, that's pretty extreme, man. <laughs> I'm not as extreme as you. I'm a freedom lover, right? But anyway, great sign, Vanessa. Thank you. Give my greetings to your husband. Uh, there's been a couple of tips in the chat. You might want to double check on those. There are people that are very interested in trying to help your husband's heart disease too, okay? Okay, great. All right, let's go back to Jenny. Jenny, what do you got? I just have a question for you. Um, you know, I was excited to hear when you were talking a few weeks ago about um, finding the Hebrew manuscripts for the New Testament. Mm -hmm. 
And had just I was reviewing yesterday your uh, separate little videos on 666 because now that a lot of people are starting to wake up and come out of the church and wonder about the end times, they want to know, well, what exactly does this mean? And so I was just reviewing because I love your comments on that. But I was just wondering if you've had time to look at any of those manuscripts or has it changed your your um, definition or- Yeah, thanks for asking this, Jenny. I'll tell you, it's a great question. And I can tell you right now that I'm not taking any position consistent with these manuscripts until I have done my due diligence, okay? Okay. Because, you know, there's lots of people out there talking, but, you know, well, like, let me give you an example. If I look at a Hebrew manuscript and I find vowel points, nikudot, they call them. If I find nikudot, that means that that, that that manuscript is eighth century and newer. And so there is no guarantee that that is an authentic manuscript, that it could be a translation. And not only could it be a translation, but it could be a willful forgery. It could be a, a translation that intentionally omitted things. It could be, you know, it, it could be a, a whole ton of things. So any evidence of vowel signs in an, any Hebrew manuscript is going to make the manuscript suspect to me. So I haven't had the opportunity to do the due diligence. Now, some of this due diligence is going to require me to go into the UK. Yah is going to allow me to travel into the UK. I don't know how, but he's going to. He's going to allow me to travel. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to go to the Cambridge libraries and I'm going to see these manuscripts for myself. And it's going to be very simple. I don't have to interpret the whole manuscript. All I have to do is review the manuscript to see if there's Nikudot. If there's Nikudot, vowel signs, Masoretic vowel signs, that is going to render the manuscripts suspect. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so, and because, and, and if that's the case, it doesn't make any difference what's really written in them. They're not going to change uh, what we have in, in terms of the, uh, of the text received. We have a text received. It has stood the test of time now for 2000 years. And so I'm not going to jump into some uh, conclusion saying, oh, gee, Revelation said this, Revelation said that. Now, if we've got a text that I can authenticate it's, it's authorship as being earlier than the fifth century. Then we have something that's absolutely worth talking about. Okay. And so that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Thanks. I just wondered. I'm just curious. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you for that question. Okay. Heidi, did you have another question? Um, yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay. Could you please repeat two things? One, what did you say about the electromagnetic field regarding the AI letting demons through? And the mm-hmm. second, could you please slowly repeat the three um, uh, agreements that all COVID protocols violate, the Nuremberg one, and then there were oh, two. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, the, yeah, let's start with the with the protocols first that, that are violated, okay? So first, all of the COVID pro- protocols, which include the mask, quarantining, contact tracing, or mandatory vaccines, all of those violate the Geneva Convention, okay? They violate the Geneva Convention, the Hague Protocols. They also violate the Universal Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights. The Universal Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights carefully says that if you have any preventative medical treatment, that's the language that's used, preventative medical treatment, Well, a mask is preventative medical treatment because they tell you if you wear it, you won't catch the disease or you won't spread the disease. A contact tracing is preventative medical treatment. 
we because we want to be able to trace you so that we can say you were exposed to that guy or exposed to this guy. We can stop the you know spread of the disease. That's preventative medical treatment. Quarantining where you're locked down in your house and you can't leave is preventative medical treatment. We don't want you to leave your house because you're going to be spreading the virus. And then last but not least, a vaccine or any kind of inoculation is preventative medical treatment. And so all three, all four of those are preventative medical treatment under the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights. Written consent, informed consent is required. And equally true, you cannot be prejudiced if you don't give the consent. If you say, forget it, I'm not doing it. They cannot fire you from your job. They cannot force you to wear a mask. They cannot isolate you. They cannot mark you with a yellow star. You cannot be prejudiced in any way under that declaration, okay? All right, and then last but not least is the 1947 Nuremberg Code. Under the Nuremberg Code, any experimental medical treatment like this experimental use authorized thing that they're trying to call a vaccine requires informed consent. And to give it to someone without their informed consent is a crime against humanity that's worthy of death, okay? So you have the Geneva Convention, the, the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights, and the Nuremberg Code. Okay, and then we were talking about the quantum computing. There's quantum computers now that have been developed by both Google and China. Google developed the quantum computer, they released it, and then China released a quantum computer that computes a thousand times faster than the Google computer and one trillion times faster than the human brain. That quantum computing, you know, when you're talking about nanotechnology, nanotechnology is seven generations behind the technology they're using for this quantum computer. Seven generations. They literally are dividing atoms to, to give a binary code of zero and one. All right. When you get into that level of quantum computing, it is an interface with, through an electromagnetic field that is actually embracing other dimensions, just like they tried to do at CERN. They tried to embrace other dimensions, but this quantum computing is in fact doing it. And by doing it, they have invited, it's not an objective thinking. There's not, you know, you might think that there's stuff in this world that's purely objective, that that computer just churns out zeros and ones, end of story. There is nothing objective like that because everything is either in the camp of Hastatan or it's in the camp of Yad. There is nothing, there's no alternative. And these quantum computers, which speak a language that is totally foreign to human life, totally synthetic to human life, does not exist in the human form whatsoever, is in direct interface with these satanic forces. And the decisions that are coming out of that quantum computing mess are anti-human in every respect. Okay, Rebecca, go ahead. And you need to un unmute Rebecca. I forgot, sorry. Okay, so I work for an attorney here in Chicago and he was on a Zoom uh, court call and the judge actually asked all the attorneys if they had their vaccines. I was like, what? Yeah, HIPAA violation. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. That's all I just wanted to say. That's not a question. It's Yeah, and, and of course, the answer to that is, if anybody's ever had a smallpox vaccine or a chickenpox vaccine, or if you had a tetanus shot at some point, have you had your vaccine? The answer is yes. I know, but aren't you surprised that a judge would ask? No, we're in, we're in, no, we're in a complete Nazi regimen. It's not, there's yeah. no rule of law remaining, right? Okay. There's no, yeah. Rebecca, there's no yeah. rule of law remaining. None. 
I know okay. this is the first time I ever heard a judge ask though. So I was shocked. Well, I, I, I saw a judge, we were doing a case challenging the mask mandate. And that judge, before we ever argued a point, he comes out on the bench. And in this particular courtroom, there was a gap between the bench and counsel's tables of about 25 feet. Then, of course, you have the bar, and then you have the audience, right? The courtroom in the back. So one of my clients is sitting three rows back behind the bar. And the judge comes out, and he has a question for the judge. And he stands up, and his mask comes below his nose, right? So he's about 40 feet from the judge. The judge goes nuts. This is before any arguments made. You get that mask up over your nose or I'm going to have you thrown out of this building. And, all, you know, why? Because the judge is in total terror that somehow a virus that has a 99.85% survival rate is going to go from this guy's nose across the courtroom and get through his mask and make him sick, right? Yes. Little do these people know that the virus actually transmits transmits through the eye membrane. But that's another story. We'll do that one. Okay. Kobe, go ahead. Thanks, Rebecca. Uh-huh. Um, well, Shell didn't. I'll go after her if she won't, because she never asked a question yet. Oh, okay. Let's ask Shelly. Okay, Shelly, come on in, Shelly. What's going on? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, we can. <laughs> I was just, um, you know, I've really enjoyed the series that you've done on Thursday night about the um, the horses. That's just been incredible to me. And and I saw, I've, I'm seeing stuff all over now, the Psalms I've been reading through. I always pick a book of wisdom in the mornings, you know, to start my day. And, and this lately I'm in the Psalms and I've been in the thirties and forties and I'm noticing so many things right there pertaining to the time we're in. And when I was, I was reading through Psalm 37 the other day and I just, couldn't believe what all I was seeing, that it was written specifically for this time. So I just wanted to share just a couple of verses. It's Psalm 37, starts in uh, verse 14, but go back and read it all because you'll just be blown away. But starting in verse 14, the wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. Amen. A little that the righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked for the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But Yahuwah upholds the righteous. Yahuwah knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. So I just wanted to give that little word of encouragement because it's encouraging me. It's, it's tough to, keep standing. And like everybody else on the call, my family members are taking it right and left, you know, and, and it's been really hard watching this. And, uh, you know, right now my entire family is at a funeral for a family member that had Alzheimer's that took, you know, that they gave her this job a a while ago. And, And almost my entire family that I know of has all taken the job. And, um, Y'all shut the door for me going and being a part of anything, you know? And so I, it gets lonely, but I understand. And that word that I gave last, last week about the fact that he is with us, 
when I just, I just keep meditating on that. I just keep seeing those nail scarred hands. I just keep saying, you know, his friendship is becoming more and more real as I keep standing his friendship just becomes overwhelmingly real in my life. And I just want to keep encouraging everybody. He's there for us. He's there for us. We're, we're not alone and um, it may feel lonely, but he is right there with us. And every drop of blood that he ever shed is still alive and active on this earth and still working on our behalf right now. That was it. Beautiful, Shelly. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Kobe, and then we'll and let's and then we'll call it. Okay, Kobe, go ahead. Oh, oh, Nicole's got one too. But let me go. Go ahead, Kobe. Okay, that was nice. Um, yeah. Um, now it's just back to the thing about the quantum stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, people. This has been going on for a while. I was. I'm very into quantum physics. And, uh, you know, Tesla, I mean, that stuff's been going on for a while and um, it's been going on from Egypt. I mean, they from they, Egypt. That's right. They've been doing this stuff and, you know, they just make it. They're now pushing out little things. Can we go, you know, in space? I mean, the ships have been landing in different military bases and and they've been able to tap into the zero negative energy and and, you know, be able. That's why you can go speed of light and and, you know, and then disappear and be over there. And I mean, so it's definitely happening. Um, but see, if that stuff is already happening and the people in, in Fallen Malakim have been on this uh on this earth and teaching us stuff then just know that yahuwah is is way bigger than that so if, there's no need to fear on that so just wait amen, for what brother. yahuwah will, will do amen brother amen amen thank you for that word and you know i mean you're right about this kobe i mean when you see about you know we suspected i believed that satan was going to come was going to be cast to the earth you know in march of this year and now all these guys are gearing up saying, oh, we're going to have to do an alien disclosure because all these alien craft are all over the place, right? Well, they're not aliens, right? They're not aliens. And this is the this is the army of Hasadan, and he's come to earth and his time is short and he's here making war against the Kodeshim. And, and that's what he's doing. And so we said, you know, here's our battle group, right? And, and what are we armed with? <laughs> what are we armed with? We're armed with the word. That's what we're armed with. We're armed with the word, we're armed with the Ruach HaKodesh, we're armed with the armor of Yah, right? Which is the truth, right? Because we have the truth and we have, we have righteousness. So these are our breastplates. These are our helmets. This is our sword. This is what we're armed with. And we're going to win this battle. We're going to win this battle. And, and even though we may end up losing our life over it, it matters not. Because the battle is going to be won. And Hasatan is going to be defeated. And him and his troops are all going to be in the flames. And that's that. Thanks, Kobe. Really appreciate that. Nicole, go ahead. You got a got a question? Um, yes. Um, hi, Shabbat Shalom. I, I just wanted to say, can you hear me okay? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay. So in Proverbs or Psalms, it says the wise man perceives danger and hides himself. Is this something that um, we should be thinking about doing? Because when you think about Sham, how he was separated from everyone. And, you know, like, I, I, I'm just wondering about that. Yeah. When you're talking about hiding yourself, yeah, the wise man hides himself. I mean, what that means is, is that, um, yeah, you know, if you can, then get yourself to an undisclosed location, 
I'm just teasing you, right? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. As you know, you know, nobody could ever find me because I'm completely undisclosed here in uh, Kamchatka. Anyway, that's another story. But, you know, when you're talking about hiding yourself, uh, you know, you can, you know, it just means don't be obvious, right? And so this is why I'm saying if somebody asks you, are you vaccinated? You know, first of all, they're not vaccinated, even if they've taken the Pfizer or the Moderna or the AstraZeneca or the J&J, they're not vaccinated. But they're asking you if you're vaccinated. Now, they didn't ask you when you got vaccinated. They didn't ask you what you got vaccinated with. But if you've ever had a vaccine, the answer to that question, an honest answer to that question is yes. Right. If you ever got the smallpox vaccine, have you ever got anything else any time in your lifetime? Well, then you've been vaccinated. The honest, truthful answer is yes. And by giving the truthful answer, guess what? You disappear in their sight. Then, then they want you to brag about it. And they want you to say, well, then you need to stand up and jump up and down about how great the beast is. And then turn on CNN, right? And have a party, right? But when you talk about, when you're talking about hiding yourself, you know, if you go and you run into a cave, you're going to, you're going to come down with fear, with the spirit of fear. And there will not be a hole deep enough for you to hide in. So mm -hmm. you don't want to do that. What you have to do is you have yeah. to make yourself less obscure to the people looking at you, right? And you can do that right in front of their face. You can become less obscure, okay? So I think about, I think about the uh, Levite tribe. I, I'm not sure if it was in the book of Jasher or Jubilees, but how they didn't participate in the Levite, in the Babylonian system, not Babylonian system, excuse me, in the Egyptian um, enslavement building program. They didn't participate in that. And that's how um, Moses' mother could get paid because she wasn't a slave. And that's how Aaron could leave and go find Moses because he wasn't participate. He wasn't enslaved because mm -hmm. slaves can't leave. Mm -hmm. What do right. you think about that? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, this is why the book of Jasher is really quite instructive. It's a great, beautiful book to read. It's quite instructive. Mm -hmm. And it is that it is truth. It, there is a lot of truth to that. And people become what they want to become ultimately. And, you know, when people say, well, I had no choice. Well, you do have a choice. Sometimes it's a hard choice, but you do have a choice and you always have a choice. And, you know, well, I can't do that because of my retirement. I can't do that because that's my job. I can't do that because I can't find other work. Truth is right now, there's such a demand for employees because everybody's sitting around getting an unemployment check that you can get another job anywhere and you can get another, another job like that, right? All you have to do is look and so, you know, to try to say, well, I don't have any choice. Well, you do have a choice. You've got a choice. And try to find your your, your way into that choice, right? And it's the same thing with the Levites. If the Levites didn't participate in the program, you know, there's a lot to that story. I mean, like Jasher tells us that it was Job was the one who decided to take the straw out of the bricks. Job is the one that made that decision, right? So when you look at the stuff that comes on Job, yeah, there was he was a righteous man and so forth. But the kind of pain he inflicted on thousands of, of people in the slave trade came back to him, you know. And so, you know, anyway, uh, yeah, it's a very good point. And I think, you know, you're making some good points, Nicole. All I can tell you is this. Do not let fear overcome your faith. We opened up to this morning's discussion about trusting in Yahweh and carrying the cross of affliction. And when affliction comes on you, you have to carry that cross. He's giving you that affliction that you might know the burdens of your neighbors. That's why you have that affliction. You might know the burden of your neighbors. So carry that cross and do not allow fear to take the place of faith. You must maintain the faith. Fear is the enemy of faith. 
You must maintain your faith. And if you do, Yah will provide you. His Ruach will, will, will indwell within you, will give you all the strength you need, will give you the words you need, will give you the, the, the power you need. He will make you invisible when he wants to make you visible. Just that simple. Okay? So be confident. Trust. Okay, so I'm going to pray. We're going to call it. Uh, we're going to call it a morning. I want to say thank you to all you guys. You're such a wonderful group of people. I love all of you. I know that we have a lot ahead of us. Uh, we all do. And so we're, I'm going to lift up a prayer for all of us now. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer. You've heard the testimonies here today, Father. We know the 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 kinds of things that are before us, and the kind of inner suffering that has taken place. Really, suffering down to the bone marrow of mourning in Zion, right? That the mourning in Zion has begun. But Father, we also know that you are a Yahweh of miracles and your strength and your power and your glory exceeds even the darkest deeds and the most contrived deeds of the fallen ones. And that your victory is, is coming. Your victory is near. The kingdom is near. You are near. You are present. You walk with us. And Yahushua, you, you've picked us up and carried us on the beach again, and your blood covers us. You've called us into your kingdom, and, and you've called us into this kingdom saying, pick up your cross and follow me. Father, we pray that you would give us the strength to pick up this cross and follow you and to carry you, that you would carry us through with endurance. We pray that you would bless our loved ones, the ones who have not taken the vax, Father, that you would open their eyes and open their ears, that they would stand in resistance to it. Father, we pray that you would bring miracles into our lives concerning our loved ones, that um, none would be snatched out of your hand, Father. None that who have confessed you have been baptized in your name, who have confessed you with their mouth, would be snatched out of your hand, Father. We pray this. We lift this to you as our petition before you now in these times. Bless us and keep us under your wings this week, Father. May we be a blessing to you in the name of Yahusha. Amen. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. Bye. Bye bye. Shabbat shalom, you guys. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.